everyone. Welcome to Reservations. I am Rain Wayland. And I'm Jeremy Blair. Trying out a new intro. And this week on uh, Reservations, before we really get started, it's one uh, we were kind of talking talking about it uh, off mic. Um, the new It Chapter 2 trailer. Very excited. Uh, which will tie in to our... Um, our subject right uh, today, but uh, if anyone hadn't seen uh, <clears throat> it, chapter one, uh, we highly recommend it. Oh, absolutely! Uh, sure. And they just finally released the chapter two trailer, which spit a backstory. If you don't know what it is about, it's um, a book written by Stephen King that's a bajillion pages long. It is a long book, yeah, and it's broken into two parts. Uh, the movies are broken into two parts. Well, the, the movies are broken. Into, the, the book yeah. is all one right. piece. Uh, well, the, the book is about <clears throat> some kids dealing with an evil entity, and then they have to return to their childhood home as adults right. to pretty much finish the job. And the awesome, uh, again tying into our subject, horror director Andy Muscanetti. Yeah, or Mus- I just totally butchered his nah, name. That's fine. I'm not um, gonna try. Decided it would be a good idea to split the movie into two parts. Yeah. And part two is coming in September of this year. Very excited. And the teaser trailer just looks amazing. Well, oh. and kind of what you were saying, it's a it's two minutes long. It's a full-fledged trailer. It's a full-fledged trailer, right. Uh, teaser trailers are just trailers <laughs> that come yeah. out first. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And, you know, about the trailer, you know, I'm so excited really about... The, there was a shot in the trailer, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about, of the balloons under the bridge. Yes, we, and, we were talking about that off mic. Right, and it is the Adrian Mellon story. So if you've read the book, uh, you'll know that the it does start off with Georgie uh, getting, you know, taken, mm-hmm. or actually his arm been up by the clown uh, in the storm drain. But it, then it switches and it... Fast forwards to the eighties, which is um, where what? the where the present day takes place. Yes, uh, in the book. If and you, if you see in the movie, right. the movie takes place in the eighties, and the part two is going to take place in right twenty seventeen, I think. Right. The um, in the book, it's the fifties and the eighties. Yeah. Um, and it kicks off the the you know re. I need to find a better way to say this, and we'll edit this out later. But <laughs> it, it brings the uh, the regenesis of Pennywise yes. back to Derry with the Adrian Mellon story. And mm-hmm. we, in the book, it is told by the police interrogations of the the people who were being charged with his murder, Adrian yes. Mellon. And part of the story is um, Pennywise is under the bridge, and he points up to the sky and a thousand balloons uh, come out of nowhere and in the in the trailer they're all red but in the in the book they're all different colors okay. and um, and it's crazy and that's what gets Mike Hanlon to call everybody back and that's what kicks off the book we actually don't meet them as kids uh, until you know they they all meet at the diner I think uh, uh, I mean we do we we get intercuts right until they're all together. Okay. Um, but we don't meet them as kids first. Not all of them. So so would you say if anyone had seen the miniseries, how the miniseries did it is kind of how the book is? Kind of. The or, book does – the book is very cinematic where it, it will go from present day to past in the middle of a sentence. Okay. So 
it'll be them reminiscing <clears throat> and it'll start the sentence, pause, turn the page, next part, finishes the sentence there back in the 1950s, right? Oh, okay. And we're, you know, going to see how they encountered Pennywise as kids um, back then. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's fantastic. I can't talk enough about the trailer. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, if, like I said, if anyone hadn't seen it, go see it. It's You can rent it, buy it. The first one, yeah. Illegally download it, whatever you want to do. Don't watch, do that. Yeah, don't do that. We don't condone that. But I don't, for sure. Whatever you whatever you need to do to watch part one. Yeah. Uh, which I still love that, you know, I knew that they were going to do two parts. Yeah. Because <clears throat> as I kind of mentioned a second ago, I'd seen the made-for-TV movie. Right. I knew it can only be told in two parts. Yeah. Uh, but I still love the title card, It, Chapter One. At the end, people yeah. groaned. Really? The, uh, when I saw it in the theater. I loved it. Oh, I did too. Because I, like you, I knew it was coming. You know, yeah. The book, um, if you <clears throat> if you listen to the audio book, it's read by Stephen Weber, whom I love. Um, it is 44 hours long. Oh, my God. All right? It takes a while. Right? It's a long book. And, you know, being a Stephen King fan for, you know, well over half my life, I would say two-thirds of my life has been being a Stephen King fan. Okay. Um, for at least 16 years at least. Um, I... I knew what was to come, right? And just hearing people's reactions to the chapter one title card at the end, people were like, oh, like what? You know, we're not done yet. It was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you haven't figured out by us talking about <clears throat> it, uh, today's subject is about horror. Yes. And now this is a subject that I, um, well, a, a genre, I should say, a genre that I don't particularly like. Um I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you when we first became friends. I don't like horror, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy because I was just going on and on about it chapter it, one. Right, yeah. But I don't like horror just because um, when I was younger, I mean, I still have a, an overactive imagination. But yeah. when I was younger, I feel like it was much more overactive. Yeah. I mean, as you are when you're younger. Yeah. Uh, and I would watch a horror movie and <clears throat> essentially be traumatized for a good week, <laughs> week yeah. or a half. Um, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. I remember the first time I ever watched the made-for-TV It movie. Yeah. Because uh, I think this is what kind of started everything. And looking back at it, it was – if you haven't seen the made-for-TV It movie, um, just watch it. Just because it, they tried so hard to try to make this scary – and also made for TV. <laughs> yeah, the director didn't read the book. Are you serious? Yeah, so he just kind of went off on the the writers knew what they were talking about. I guess. Oh my god! <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's really it's really upsetting. But if anything, it gave us the Tim Curry performance that everybody yeah, loves well, yeah, so much. And, and Tim Curry, he did the best what he could. No, I mean it was fantastic. He was great. The the cover art for the the VHS back then. Mm-hmm. Um, terrified me oh with him like peeling back yeah. the cover yeah i mean just just the image of him in the corner mm-hmm. it, it was terrifying it was so scary and yeah. it did yeah it that just that i mean just got me you know having nightmares and things like that yeah so so we're going to discuss um kind of how horror films really kind of kicked off and how they become in the mainstream and also that horror is one of the few genres that have the, the most uh, sub 
genres. I agree. Of any genre. So I take take it as this. If you're listening to this and you also don't care for horror films, I guarantee you by the end of this episode, I will find one for you that you will like uh, because of all of these subgenres and that there is a horror film out there for everyone. I feel oh, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think uh, kind of like with our noir, uh, I will let you begin okay. since you kind of know a little bit more. I love horror movies very much. And uh, I'll admit I slacked on my notes. That's okay. So That's not a big deal. So uh, we'll kick it off with um, – remember back in 1890 – Yes, uh, yeah, I, I, I remember from my past life. <laughs> right. So, film was starting to gain some momentum mm-hmm. um, in its creation, right? And right. So, in 1896, uh, we have a Georges Malier film, um, and I didn't write it down. Uh, <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, I consider it the first horror film. It is him. Uh, he has a character that changes into a bat, right? Okay. Um, it's three minutes. <laughs> It, that's it. That's all it is. And okay. it's really, you know, um, George Malier is the godfather of all special effects. Okay. Um, he was the <clears throat> one that dis- that realized, hey, <clears throat> if you crank the camera and you stop and you change something and then you keep cranking the camera, it's like it happened instantaneously. Oh. So, right. Exactly. Okay. I mean, it's a it's an easy trick. Anyone can do it. But he was the one that actually put it to use and used it to tell narrative stories. Right. Okay. Um, and so I would say that horror kind of started there, right? Kind of. I mean, only because it was, you know, a man turning into a bat. Technically, that's horror film, right? Right. Um, for me, it really didn't kick off until the 1920s with Cabin and Dr. Caligari, uh, which we spoke about in our noir, noir episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, Nosferatu. Uh, yeah, which well. we, yeah, right, yeah. which we also talked about uh, when we were talking about German expressionism, um, and from there it just catapulted. Right, mm-hmm. people love it, and it was used for escapism during the Depression in the 1930s, where we got our famed Universal monster movies: uh, yep. your Frankenstein's, your uh, Dracula's, and the Invisible Man, and all those mm-hmm. um, creature from the Black Lagoon. Which uh, sidebar and. Uh, this is also for, for Jeremy's mom, because I know she's listening. She is. Uh, when Ashley and I... <laughs> I told him. I told him he got to do it. All right, go uh, ahead. When we went to uh, Universal, that was one of the things that I uh, loved seeing. Yeah. Was because they have one section that was almost dedicated yeah. for those monster movies. I mean, it's um, it's a huge deal for Universal, yeah. And should I also say they're butchering their own monsters with their stupid... Let's let's try to make our own cinematic right. universe. Uh, yeah, like okay, this I'm gonna go off on a tangent for a second. <laughs> go for uh, it. I've seen all three. I own all three Brendan Fraser mummy movies, and no one is faulting you for that. That's your mistake, and that's fine. Um, well, the first one's great. The first one is okay. The first one is great. The second one, you obviously could tell that Universal's like, uh, we need a sequel. Yeah. And the third one is just. <sighs> <laughs> really like Jet Li but um, and yes and I know the first one was a remake of the original yes which like okay that gets a pass yeah but the fact that they decided to reboot it like I don't fault them for casting Tom Cruise I didn't see it so I saw about 50 minutes of it okay and I hated it what's that halfway <laughs> probably okay um, 
the casting choices weren't bad. It was the writing, it was the direction, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just the story in general. Yeah. <clears throat> um uh Tom Cruise, like I don't fault them for casting Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise. He's yeah. bad shit crazy, but I love Tom Cruise. He is nuts, but he's he does have some pretty great movies. Um they had Jake Johnson in it. If, if, I love Jake Johnson. If anyone's Johnson. seen New Girl uh, or Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's right. He's older Peter Parker. Oh, he's so good. Um, I love Jake It Johnson. had uh, the girl who played Gazelle in Kingsman. She yes. was the mummy. And she is in Climax, which I'll mention briefly when we talk about movies. Like, anyway. And then they had Russell Crowe yeah. as um, Dr. Jekyll. Yes. Um, <laughs> which I uh, actually... Which they were setting that up, yeah. I... Liked that he was Dr. Jekyll, Mm -hmm. uh, because Dr. Jekyll happens to be one of my favorite uh, monsters. Oh, okay. Even though technically he's not really a monster per se. You're right, Mr. Hyde is. Yes. Um, But the movie is just garbage. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It kind of... And what pisses me off the most is technically... Yeah, I'm way off on a tangent now. Um, They were going to start their cinematic universe with that... The Luke Evans Dracula Untold movie. Oh, okay. Which was decent. I didn't see it. It's I, give it a watch. Give it a once over. It's decent. I might. It's it's a. I liked because it, it was a new perspective of Dracula okay. that we didn't like. They almost took history and mythology and combined it into one. Okay. So like um, the Vlad Dracul, um, the Dracul the Impaler stuff like that. Exactly. No, yeah. Miss Amber will be so proud of me. Uh. Um, but. Apparently, it didn't do well enough for Universal, so they're like, okay, that's that's not going to start our cinematic universe. The, this reboot of a reboot, mm-hmm. The Mummy, yeah. is going to start it, and it, and it has now halted their, yeah. quote-unquote, dark universe. But, um, but anyway... Not so, everything needs to be connected, in my personal opinion. No, uh, things, mean, just, and, things can be one-off, and it's okay. Yeah, I mean, in, in Universal, like you just said, the monster, the, the original monster movies, The Wolfman, Frankenstein... Yeah. Creature from the Black Lagoon, that, like... The Invisible Man is probably my favorite if if Frankenstein didn't exist. Because Frankenstein is obviously my favorite. It's... It, I think it was the first one. Uh, it was that one, then it was Dracula. With, with Boris Karloff? Uh-huh. Boris Karloff, that's right. Yeah. Good job. Um, and... I mean, there's a lot of really cool film, film nerd stuff in there. Mm-hmm. The first shot that we see Dr. Frankenstein, he and Igor are waiting for a funeral to end or waiting for the burial to end, right? So they can go dig it up. And um, as he's talking to him, Igor, Uh um, behind um, or it's in front of, I'm so sorry that I don't remember. It's got to be in front of. um, The way way he's standing Mm -hmm. or cowering, um, the fence makes devil horns. On his Ooh. head, right? It's a little cool mise-en-scene stuff. And we talked about mise-en-scene yeah. um, during the noir stuff. Um, it's it's fun stuff like that. And it's and it's really innovative the way they use sound. Again, it's an early sound film, 1931. Mm-hmm. Uh, sound came into mainstream films in 26, 27. Um, with the jazz singer in 27 was the big one. Okay. And they used silence as as a way to build tension, which hadn't been done really before because they didn't have that option. Right. So that was really the first time you got to use silence as as a plot device or as a as a mood or tone. Okay. Um, which is very, very cool. Very inventive. Um, but anyway, so before we continue, 
Wayne, I want to ask. So okay. we did this exercise uh, when I was a, a student at, at Texas Tech. Yes. Uh, in my horror films class, which my dad was very jealous. I got to take a horror <laughs> films class. Um, when you're watching a horror movie. Yes. How do you know it's a horror movie? Okay. So we said this off mic. Yeah. And uh, I said you, I told you I wasn't going to tell you what no, I was going to say I, yeah, and I until we started recording. If you want to know, you can tell me now. Are we talking just traditional horror? Or are we talking like slasher or? You know, I would say I would say under the canopy of just horror. So just we're, not, horror. we're not going okay. subgenres yet. We're just saying okay. it's a horror movie. How do you know? Okay. So for me, <clears throat> what makes a horror movie a horror movie mm-hmm. is we have. Um, this is the only word I can use to describe. Uh, we have a hero. Okay. And have, a protagonist. Yeah, protagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we have his heroine, okay. not the drug, the, the a, a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some form of evil presence, uh, you know, an event, um, a creature. Uh, cool. Anything that yeah. would be considered evil. Mm-hmm. Um and that evil thing is going after our protagonist slash our heroine or both or anything like that. And it's their job to either defeat it or just overcome it. I see. It, to me, that's that's a horror movie. Um, yeah. Okay, great. Those were really good. Um, all right. So that's, that's, that's plot point. All right, so we'll say plot. Let's say you just walked in, someone was playing a movie, mm-hmm. you think it's a horror movie, but you don't know the plot. Okay. All right, what tips you off? Let's say let's say aesthetics, mood, Ooh. feeling. Mm. How do you know? Score is definitely one of okay, those. Okay, music. That's good. Because um, horror films tend to have very distinctive sounds very ominous right yeah it's very yeah i mean now it's also hard to you know based on music alone it's hard to base that because thrillers sometimes use the same kind of that is correct music but i feel like with horror films the music is much like you said it's ominous but it's i feel like it's darker okay like in tone and in 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 presence yeah um also tone as far as what's going on in the scene okay you know like the tension in the scene or mm. anything like that um typically with uh you know one person if someone is tied up i mean <laughs> we gotta write that down that's funny tied, tied up or tied up and bloodied tied on up top of that slash bloody so blood, that's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, blood is used a lot in horror films. Yeah, it's actually more impressive if there isn't any. Um, but we'll get to that. Um, great, good job. Yeah, that was fantastic. I would add lighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was one of the things too, because some most horror films are very darkly lit or edited to look right. darker. Yeah. Um, how about an easy one? Nighttime. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, because I'm pretty sure uh, half the horror movies I've actually seen are... I would say more than half. Uh, that's, yeah. a, that's a big trope with uh, with horror films. Oh, yeah. Um, I I have some tropes written down okay. uh, that horror films use a lot. Um, in, in haunted house stories, 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's getting to I mean it would it has to be this way at some point. Um I would like to see it used not this way, and right. I wouldn't know how to do it, but I'd think about it. Is moving into a new house. <laughs> yeah. Right. The reason that they have to be moving in is because they need to be unaware of the things going on in the house, correct? Right. Right. Because they are us. They are the audience. We are mm-hmm. living through them through, you know, finding out stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So we are unaware of everything. Therefore, they also need to be unaware of gotcha. everything. Gotcha. Okay. Um, jump scares? Yeah. Um, well, and see, and obviously, <laughs> horror films are not the only genre that uses jump scares. Yeah. Um, uh, and. Uh, and more, and we'll I'll touch on this more later because uh, I've got some things to say about modern horror. Okay, um, but modern horror uses jump scares a lot. They do to uh, to emphasize their point. They do um, jump scares. I'm not a huge fan of number one because I feel like an idiot because I do jump. I'm one of those people that for <laughs> sure it's going to get me every time. I'm I'm a huge baby with jump scares. I'm not. <laughs> I don't like it. But two, it's. I wouldn't use jump scares for a like a really serious horror film, right? Mm-hmm. We are seeing the decline of jump scares in horror films. Okay. And I'll go over some of that. Uh, we see it in Hereditary and in The Witch where jump scares aren't being used anymore. So we're we're kind of going away from that because this is serious. We're we're taking this movie seriously and what we're seeing on screen is terrifying, disturbing. And we don't need anything else to right. get us scared, right? Because that's – the job's being done already. Right. Right? It's really just more campy, uh, fun horror films, kind of like your uh, your Nightmares on Elm Streets, which are, which are tons of fun. I love those. Um, but anyway, jump scares. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not a fan of jump scares. Um, how about this trope? You ready? You bet, I bet you weren't thinking about this one. Based on a true story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like how, um, you know, and, and when we start uh, really getting into the subgenres, yeah. uh, you know, how um, Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was based on a true story. Quote, you can't see our quotes. It is the same based on a true story sounds lambs as. Are you shitting me? Mm-hmm. It is. Oh God. It is a serial killer Ed Gein. Uh, God, I think he lived in Wisconsin. Um, someone Google that for us and let me know later. Maybe Joel Schumacher can oh, since he's oh, listening. You're right. Absolutely. Joel, do me a huge favor, man. If you could <laughs> Google where he's from. I guess we also could. We have computers in our pockets. Um, so Ed Gein, what he would do, and this is going to get graphic. This is the horror film episode. <laughs> uh, he would murder women and make things out of their skin. Okay. Okay. So he would make <clears throat> lampshades. He would make. Oh, Jesus. I know. <laughs> um, I think he would upholster furniture with it as well. Oh, God. Uh, he would make suits, of course. And, of course, all of this is Buffalo Bill and Sounds of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. And the actions of Motherface. Of, um, Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Also, are you ready for this? It's going to blow your mind. Okay. Because you didn't know the Sounds of the Lambs thing. Ed Gein is also the psychological um, template for Norman Bates in Psycho. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Oh, see, that makes a lot of fucking sense. Ed Gein connects three <clears throat> movies, all right? Okay. And it is Psycho, it is uh, Chainsaw Massacre, it is Sounds of the Lambs. 
in chronological order, by the way. <laughs> um, not that that's important. But so we have the the mother-son sort of tumultuous relationship in Psycho, and that was Ed Gein, right? Ed Gein sort of had this sort of um, really strange relationship with his mother. And... Um, yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, you're saying uh, you didn't know if he lived in Wisconsin. He, yeah, he was he was in Wisconsin. It was in Wisconsin? Yes. Yes. All right. Um, um, you can thank your wife for me. Props uh, to uh, my wife who yeah. is behind the comforter. She's not in a comforter. We, we hung up comforters for, for, sound. for soundproofing reasons, and I hope it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we just added some more. Nailed before. them to the ceiling. Yeah. Yes. The um, comforters, not my wife. Right. So... Wisconsin, great. So, could you imagine doing something so crazy that it spawned three movies? I know. Right? Also, could you imagine, this is just a sidebar and a fun joke uh, that I heard. I think it was John Mulaney. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't know who it was, but he was like, I don't know if it was John Mulaney, now I'm thinking about it. God, I don't remember who it was. Anyway, the joke is uh, that could you imagine murdering someone so bad that they stopped making the Ford Bronco? <laughs> Which is what OJ did. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. They stopped making the Ford Rocco after OJ uh, murdered uh, Nicole Brown and... Um, and uh, her lover, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to remember his name because they stopped talking about him in the trial after a while. Anyway. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> of course. Uh, but kind of... I kind of want to touch on something that you mentioned of like... Great. Of like why horror like was becoming more and more you know, relevant. Yeah. Because in one of the notes that I wrote is that it was, um, it was created to invoke, you know, the nightmares and fears and Mm -hmm. disgust of, of people, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is a, an, an odd thing to go see a movie for. Well, it's also, and filmmakers love to do this, especially horror filmmakers. Mm -hmm. Um, they they will find a way to put up a mirror a mirror to society right? oh, okay. uh, or you know invoke the zeitgeist by using horror film tropes but also giving you something to think about and okay. the the first one i can think about would be the 1956 movie invasion of the body snatchers have uh, you seen uh, invasion of the body snatchers it's fantastic i love it very much um so it's uh kevin Kevin McCarthy. Okay. And it is about the Red Scare. It is about communism sneaking in Mm. to our nice, um, wholesome American households. Um, Interesting. It is people you know and love are being tainted um, by, by this horrible thing called communism. Right. Right. And it is being represented by aliens, right? Beings from another world. Um, injecting themselves into people that we love mm-hmm. uh, by killing them and taking their likeness. Okay. Right. And we see some of these sort of political, you know, genre esque, you know, infusing. That was horrible. I need to find a better way to say that. <laughs> and we're not going to edit it out. So it's in there. Um, they, they use sort of these um, political ideas. Mm hmm. In other films like... The Purge. Well, yeah, that was a more modern example. Yeah. Um, I was going to say they, 
Uh, I they, think I... they live. Sorry, they live. Okay. Uh, John Carpenter, and it was about uh, oh, Reaganomics. Of course, it was right? John Carpenter. He, he hated Ronald Reagan. Really? He did. Yeah, he wow. was not a fan. And so he hated consumerism. He hated capitalism, blah, blah, blah whatever. And so uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, our protagonist in They Live, uh-huh. you know, has these glasses that show things as they really are, right? Okay. And so, um, like, when he goes into a store, he puts on the glasses and everything says, buy me. Right. Um, and people are disfigured and they are un- inhuman underneath their skin when he puts on these glasses. It's crazy. Anyway, um, political ideas being put in, sprinkled over horror film tropes and right. Yeah. And, genres. you know, like with The Purge, you know, especially more recently with the. Uh, Sidebar, I've never seen a single Purge movie. I've only seen the first one. Uh, I don't really care to. The idea is nice. Um, I do like the idea. The idea is really cool. The um, Of having one, one day night. a year. Yeah, one day a year. And, you know, they only focus on the murder. Like, I would be getting me a flat screen TV or something. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. they only focus on the murder. I'm saying there's other stuff to do. Yeah, if all crime is legal, why is everyone just going around killing? Right. Like, I'd be like, oh, like, what are the new Blu-ray releases? Well, okay, I'm going to go get that. Then. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to go to Best Buy. <laughs> Stop. Well, you because, know. you know, since it has to be a horror movie, right, you know, exactly. they, they got to... I'm just saying there's another killings. way around it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. There's, well, there's a version of this movie that is just people taking things. They're just people stealing things. See, that would be... I would actually pay money to see that movie. The Purge Theft Edition. Yeah, Theft and just like uh, tearing the tags off of mattresses or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, like breaking into a, uh, like a, a furniture store and just... Like, you know what? I've always wondered what it's like just to, you know... Have this just massive bed, or I don't know, maybe yeah. that's just me. Oh no! Or someone breaking into a Chipotle, like you know, I'm going to make my own burrito for yeah. once. Yeah, they don't put enough sour cream. You hear that, Chipotle? <laughs> anyway, uh, sponsored by Chipotle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sponsored by Chipotle. Um, they don't have enough sour cream. <laughs> but you know, like with the more recent purge, I feel like it's they. From what I saw gathered from the trailer, mm-hmm. like I said, I haven't seen a single purge movie. Um, it seems like it was more so set to the political climate of our uh, the the race involving our current president. I see. Because um, even like one of the uh, promotional images for the movie, you know, it's called um, uh, the first purge or something. Right. It's a red hat, and it says. Like I purged or some. Oh, or I see. Yeah, this is my. Fr- I don't. It's a play on the the trumpets. Oh, the, right? Yeah, the yeah. yeah the MAGA hats, but uh, but see that's interesting. I've never I never really thought of horror as being used as to really yeah, send you know, a message. You either got it or you don't, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Get Out did the same thing. Oh with, yeah, yeah. With which I have that on my race relations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is actually under the social horror subgenre, mm-hmm. which is uh, interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's not unusual, and they've been doing it forever, uh, okay. putting political ideologies within horror films just to, you know, send a message but also not be, I guess, too preachy about it, I guess. Right. Or I'm making this movie. Might as well put some of my ideas in there whatever. Uh, not unusual at all. Okay. Um, let's let's shift gears to some subgenres and okay. some of your favorites. And I have my favorites, and okay. we'll go from there. What is – 
some of your favorite subgenres so, in the films in them. So my favorite, so my ultimate favorite subgenre, um, and you said it perfectly at the beginning that there is a horror movie for everyone. There is uh, comedy horror, comedy horror, especially yeah. when it's done correctly. Like uh, my all-time favorite, well, tie for my all-time favorite, Beetlejuice. Yep. And Shaun of the Dead. All right, but let's be careful. We already said it once. Let's uh, uh, not say it again. Right, or two more times. Oh, oh, okay, oh, oh. let's let's relax, man. We we can't handle the type of craziness that will happen if we say it three times. So I know that one, the Michael Keaton movie, <laughs> and Shaun of the Dead. Uh, we can say it again probably in a few minutes. But um, but then uh, like I also have like I have a, a, a couple of movies written down under my comedy horror okay. on my notes. Is one of them Army of Darkness? Uh, of course. Shout out to my dad. My dad. And I love Army of Darkness. You've seen the other two, right? Evil yes. Dead 2 and Evil Dead. Uh-huh. Um, did you know that... Uh, um, oh, shit. Um, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Damn it. You're doing he, right. he intended for it to be a legitimate horror movie. Uh, but because of his budget, because of the effects, yeah. it came out a very B horror movie and people thought it was funny right very campy and you know and so he just was right exactly like let's just run with that and he kind of i heard or read somewhere that he made evil dead 2 to kind of remake evil dead 1 to try to to make it more serious what he wanted to do the first time yeah yeah because there's a lot in the evil dead 2 uh dead by dawn yeah Uh, (laughs) that's the subtitle subtitle. um (laughs) that is literally right out from the first Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he reshot uh, a lot of the scenes mm-hmm. for uh, Evil Dead 2 that were in the first one. There's a lot of stuff that he does that's really cool in Evil Dead. Um, a lot of, one of my favorite things that he does is the is the push-in shots uh-huh. where the camera kind of, and not it's not smooth, right, but it pushes in on a location really fast, right? Right. To either indicate the spirit coming into the house or whatever. Um, and he still does that stuff today. So, I mean, yeah. there's some really cool stuff that he does there that he still uses uh, technique-wise. Yeah, but um, uh, but Army of Darkness, the third one I in the trilogy, it's just a flat out. It's just – it's a comedy. It's silly. It's, it's fun. It's one of my favorites. One of my favorite scenes is um, – God, it's when Bruce Campbell uh, has the other him growing out of his arm, <laughs> yeah. and then they finally separate, <laughs> and the bad Ash is all uh, like hyperactive and like you know, you know, you're the you're the goody two shoes Ash, I'm the bad Ash, and he just blows his like head off with yeah. the, this double barrel shotgun, <laughs> the boomstick, yeah, yeah. Um, I also have uh, so uh, I have Jennifer's body, okay. which is um, I have not seen that. It's trash. Okay. Utter garbage. Uh, but I've seen it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it was during the Megan Fox craze. Uh-huh. Um, is a garbage movie. Yeah. I would not recommend it on my worst enemy. Wow. It is just oh, trash. And if there's any Jennifer body, uh, Jennifer's Body uh, fans out there, I apologize. But that movie's trash. <laughs> the only good part about that is the Panic at the Disco song that was written for the movie. Yeah. That song is dope. Shout out to Brandon Yuri. Thank you for listening. Uh, Brendan Yuri. Whatever. We're about to piss a lot of people off. Now, one, uh, two other ones I have written down. Well, three. I have three written down. Um, I'll get to the third one. The third one's last because I, I don't see it as a comedy. Okay. But, um, we'll get there. Zombieland. I, I have that one written uh, down as well. You know, it's If anyone has seen Shaun of the Dead and haven't seen Zombieland, 
It's Shaun of the Dead, you'll but love it. the American version. Pretty with, much, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. And they're yeah. doing another one. I'm very yes. excited for Double part Tap. Two. Double Tap, that's right. Oh, it's going to be so good. So excited. Um, Ghostbusters. I have that one written down as well. Um, Ghostbusters. I because, love Ghostbusters. Um, I don't know if our, any of our listeners know, but horror can also be family friendly. <laughs> you know, uh, I didn't write it down, but Paranorman is also one of those. Oh, yeah. And I would say Adam's family can fall under that as yeah. well. The 1990 one. Yes, with uh, Raul Julia. Julia. Yeah, you know John Aston. Fun fact about Adam's family and the and its long standing in our you know cultural mm-hmm. um, is John Aston played Gomez in the nineteen sixties Adam's Family TV show. Right, that's right. Okay, outlived Raul Julia because he is still alive today. Raul Julia passed away in 1993. This is like not, this is like a year after they did the second one. So um, maybe, so does that explain why Tim Curry was in one of the movies? Yes, because Raul Julia um, wow. was not allowed to be in the, re- which that one's not very good, but. Because um, that's like Adam's Family Holiday. The reunion, yeah. Adam's Family Reunion. Reunion, right, right. Yeah, the, um, the first two, Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values, was so good because it fits so well with the series. It was, I mean, they were, Companions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the Adams Family. So that's why I'm going off on this tangent. But. Are you going to see the the new one they're making? Yeah, that's, probably. That's animated. Yeah, I'll probably and, say. Uh, I think yeah. it's uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac yeah. is going to be uh, Gomez. I and, do uh, love Oscar Isaac. Finn Wolfhard is going to be uh, um, Pugsley. Okay. Uh, Nick Kroll is going to be. I do love Nick Kroll. So um, I'll see just. For that. Oh my god, uh, Uncle Fester. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, now the third movie I have on under comedy horror on my notes that I do not consider a comedy, and I don't understand why it's considered a comedy, because I even looked into this, yep. and it is considered a comedy horror, an American Werewolf in London. Really? It is yes. considered a comedy? That's it is considered a comedy horror. I mean, yeah, I don't either. Um, Which I should point out... This is going to be a very dad episode. I'm gonna, <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Mom, we'll get to your favorites in a minute, but uh, Dad and I, we really love American Werewolf in London. It's, it's, do you think it's because it's John Landis? Maybe, it, maybe. and he's sort of um, John Landis is a comedy genius, right? Because yeah. I think he did um, Animal House. Okay, and I mean he is he he is said in the same breath as a lot of comedies, right? And okay. I think, and he also loves horror movies. I don't, I don't understand why either. Um, that's really interesting. That yeah, because it's been a long, 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 long time since I've seen American Werewolf in London. Uh, and if anyone is listening who hasn't seen it, the title. Says it all. It, it is that. <laughs> uh, he's an American. He's it's these two friends from America, backpacking in London, and one of the friends gets bit by a werewolf. It may be their dynamic, is what I'm thinking. Maybe it's maybe the, like like a buddy comedy. Yeah, maybe. Kind and of. you know, even when he comes back, oh, he died. <laughs> the friend dies, by the way. Spoiler alert for American Werewolf in London. But when he comes back and he keeps looking worse and worse, uh-huh. you know, Dad and I think that's kind of funny. But um, it may be just their relationship even after death is still sort of lighthearted and in buddy comedy-esque. Okay. But I, you know, I agree. I wouldn't say that it is yeah, a, it is a comedy cuz the the werewolf uh or the wolf man is probably one of my favorite monster villains. Okay. Um or uh, movie monsters, yeah. not monster villains, yeah. movie monsters. Um like American Werewolf in London. Uh The Howling is actually my favorite oh, werewolf movie. The Howling is so fantastic. Interesting. Um I did not even write that one. And uh neither did I. I completely forgot about it. Uh now mentioning 
American World of London. Right, maybe. gotcha. Uh, also, the reason why I love the Howling, not only is because the it's all uh, Australian made and Australian filmmaking back in the seventies and eighties was insane. Yeah. If anyone's seen the original Mad Max movies, good God. <laughs> yeah, they're, um, they're nuts. But it's also the the poster for it is just uh, yeah. so good. Um, but I don't. I mean, like. I mean, yeah, Teen Wolf showed... I love Teen Wolf. Werewolves in a funny light. Uh, shout out to Michael J. Fox. Oh, and shout out to our last episode. Um, uh, yeah, last two episodes. Last episode, you're right. Um, but, I don't know. American Werewolf in London, like... Because when I saw that on the list, because mm-hmm. I, I looked at a list, uh, as I mentioned off mic, of the sub-genres and the mm-hmm. movies within those sub-genres, like yeah. the well-known ones, mm-hmm. that one came up. And I was like, there's no way. And I... Dug and dug and dug. I was like, "There's no way." Yeah, American Werewolf in London uh, is a comedy horror, and it is. It is. That's so. so strange to me. I'll tell you one that I wrote down that you didn't mention for comedy horror is what we do in the shadows, oh! which is I know it is by far probably one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I think I didn't write it down because I don't consider it a horror. I oh, cons- okay. I, gotcha. I consider it a, a mockumentary. Yeah, it is a mockumentary. You are correct. Um, but I love. A New Zealand, um, I don't know what how to like the <laughs> the type of comedy it is. It's it's New Zealand like I don't want to offend you comedy, which is they'll say something mean and then they'll com- then they'll go well you know it works for you or something like yeah. you know it's like huh did you get dressed in the dark oh but it works for you you know but they always backpedal yeah and it is the funniest thing in the world to me. Have you watched the show? No, I've not watched the, the show. The most yet. recent episode. So, so it's a whole new cast in the show. Okay. Um, I don't know before pr- we really get into it, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. I wish I could. Taika Watiti. Thank you. Yeah, yeah he's Ragnarok director. He's probably one of the funniest human beings on the planet. Um, so the the movie we're talking about, what we do in the shadows. It's uh, if anyone's seen Thor Ragnarok, he plays the voice of Korg. Yeah. Korg. Uh, he also directed the movie. His name is Taika Watiti. Thank you. Um, he and Jermaine Clement who is the other half of uh, Flight of the Concords, mm-hmm. um, wrote and directed this mockumentary called What We Do in the Shadows, which is a, about a New Zealand documentary crew following around vampires living in New Zealand. And it's fucking hilarious. It's so funny, you have man. So Taika and Jermaine play two of the characters. Yeah. Uh, Jermaine plays Vladislav the Poker, which uh, <laughs> is the best name. Yeah. And then we have Taika playing uh, Viago. And then I don't... I can't... I know the guy's first name. His first name is Johnny. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But then the third vampire, Deacon... Is in my opinion one the funniest of the group. But then you got Peter. Yeah, Peter, who's a Nosferatu. Right. Yeah. And then you have Nick, vampire for two months. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the film is hilarious. It is so funny. Yeah. Uh, everyone needs to watch it right now. Uh, well, it is it, on Amazon Prime, I believe, at the time of this recording. Okay. So, um, well, it did so well uh, that a lot of people wanted more. And Taika and Jermaine were contacted by FX, mm-hmm. not visual effects, the channel FX, yeah. uh, to make a series. And they were like, of course, we'd love to do it. And so it's the show is also still called What We Do in the Shadows, but it follows a whole new cast of vampires living in Staten Island. Oh, Staten Island. <laughs> That's fun. So it's in America. And it's just as funny. The humor is, ju- is exactly the same. Yeah. Taika and Jermaine 
are heavy and well, they pretty much are directing and producing the episodes. Cool. Jermaine, I believe, wrote the entire first season. Awesome. Because Jermaine was doing Thor. Right. Or not Jermaine. Taika was doing Thor. Right. Um, well, this last episode that just premiered, um, Deacon, Vladislav, and Viago all show up. Oh, fun. Um, That's very and exciting. it's Jermaine, Taika, and Johnny. But they decided to take it one step further. Yeah. And they got Tilda Swinton, <laughs> Evan Rachel Wood. Wow. Danny Trejo. Wesley Snipes, Jeez. Paul Rubens, <laughs> Christian Stahl, Dave Batista, wow. and uh, I don't know the last girl, all to show up and play vampires. Wow. Um, but what's funny is Tilda, Evan, Danny, Wesley, and Paul Rubens play themselves. Oh, do they? So their character's name are Tilda, Evan, Danny, oh, okay. and Wesley is playing... Uh, Blade. No, he's not. I'm 100% serious. Now, wow. I don't think they could get him on the day of filming, so he's Skype calling. Oh, okay. And all the other vampires, uh, vampires are like, you know, why is he here? He's a daywalker. <laughs> and and they're like, well, he is half vampire. And Danny Trejo is like, well, I'm going to listen to half of his opinion. <laughs> it's, it was so good. Me and Ash, so Ashley and I uh, loved that. Taika and Jermaine are including themselves in For this sure. kind of universe they're creating. Yeah. Oh man. Um, well, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Wh- That's very exciting. If if uh, if anyone out there has cable, which I know cable is becoming an archaic thing, uh, get FX, watch it, record it, because uh, they have almost every episode except for the pilot. They've had a special guest star, so like Nick Kroll shows up oh, in okay. one episode. I love Nick Kroll. And. Uh, his character's just an asshole. Yeah. It's so good. Um, but anyway. What we do so, in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. What we do in the shadows. Oh, absolutely. Watch um, it. For sure. And I got I to gotta get on that show, man. I got to watch that show. Um, now, still continuing with, like, our favorite subgenres. My second favorite, and <clears throat> I kind of mentioned this uh, when we were first planning this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, in my opinion... True horror, in okay. my opinion. Okay, true horror. Um, Here we go. Slasher. Slasher films. I absolutely love slasher films. Okay. Um, my wife does not. Ah. She does not think it's true horror. Okay. I think it is. Um, especially um, the first three, four, because <laughs> there is more, Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. Uh, Everything after four is just... No. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't even... (laughs) I mean, the remake is okay. I didn't see it. So so the reason why I love Slasher Mm -hmm. is because Slasher follows a set of rules. And uh, Scream, I consider Scream a Slasher film. Yeah, it's a meta slasher yeah. film. Yeah, for Which, sure. Um, because Scream follows the set of rules I'm about to list. That's right. In, in Slasher... There's always some kind of evil being, presence, whatever. Friday the 13th, it's Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. Well, Friday the 13th, part two. Part two is Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Yeah. It's his mom in the first one. Mm, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's 30 years old. You should have seen it it's already. It's 30 years old. I yeah. Think. Oh, yeah. It was made in like 79. 79? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Um, so we have Jason Voorhees. We have the teens. Yep. Um, Kevin Bacon's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> in the first one. And the... Rules of Friday the 13th are if you have sex, you're going to die. Yeah. It's it's just the fact of Friday the 13th. And every single Friday the 13th, the couple that has sex or correction, and I'm going to 
get a little graphic, but this really drives the point home. Any girl that shows her tits yeah. dies. Uh, it's just... Yeah. Uh, and they all die very gruesome deaths. Now, the remake of Friday the 13th, uh, the one they did in 2008... I don't know. I think one of the Winchester brothers is in that one, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, Sam. I got you. Uh, Ak- no, Jared Padalecki. Yeah. He's the silver lining of that. Because his whole his whole goal in that movie is he wants to find his sister. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Danielle Pennebaker's in it. Okay. But see, the thing with that one, why I still kind of, it's you know, it's okay, is they broke the rules. Okay. So they kept the rules of if you have sex, if a girl shows her tits, they're going to die. Uh-huh. In my opinion, they focused way too much on the sex part. It was okay. a very graphic sex scenes. Oh, boy. Um, but one of the other big tropes of Slasher, the virgin never dies. That is correct. Uh, the, she is the final girl. Yes. Yeah. And, and isn't there a comedy horror film called The Final Girl? There is, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it. I it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the virgin never dies. Right. But in the remake, Daniel Pennebaker's character uh, is the virgin. She dies. Oh, interesting. Uh, Jason runs her through oh. with, um, it looks like a, what's the thing on the communist flag? The Scythe. Scythe, yes. It yeah. looks like he runs her through with that. Yeah. Uh, so she dies. But um, everyone else dies except for Jared Padalecki and his sister. Oh, okay. But, um, oh, spoiler for the reading. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I love Slasher because of the rules. Okay. Because the, the rules are always followed. Now, certain films, kind of like uh, with uh, Scream. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Scream's very meta. It is. If anyone hasn't seen a single Scream film, I, what it, are you doing? I that, recommend the first one for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they're all great. But, uh, yeah. Scream takes these rules, and um, the, the characters are aware of the horror movie rules. Right. Because that's the big thing with horror movies, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who says it. You know, like, you clearly know the killers behind the door. Right. And she still checks the door. Yeah. She or he. And, you know, in Scream, they know, okay, don't check the door. Yeah. Uh, Which I think that's why Scream has its place of great horror movies because... I would say Scream is kind of... um, Was the first one to really, really, you know, bring those sort of tropes to the forefront and then right. Cabin in the Woods really kind of turned it on its head. I love Cabin in the Woods. I, I'll i need to give it another once over because okay. the first time I watched it, I hated it. Really? That's hated interesting. It. I loved it so much. I thought it was Just great. because it... For me, it was too much. Okay. Like, I understood what it was. Mm-hmm. Like, like, after I watched it, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I read about it and it's I nuts. researched. And then I was like, okay, that's what it was. It was a very meta, very um, uh, self-parodying horror yeah. movie. Yeah. You know, Chris Hemsworth is the the dumb jock. The dumb jock, right. Who just wants to have sex out in the, you know. you know. Um, we have the stoner who you know he's going to be the first one to die. Uh, who He doesn't die. That's right. Uh, he uses his big-ass bong. Dude, metal ball. The when he gets out of the car and he collapses it into a coffee mug, I lost my mind. I thought that was the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Well, uh, I, I'm sure you probably knew this, but if not, I'm about to blow your mind. Joss Whedon, the director of the first two Avengers movies, uh-huh. wrote it. I did know that. He, uh, I'm sure correct. he did. Yeah. He's but he, yeah, because he did Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
He did? So he is, yes, he was the showrunner, I think, for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. So he, yet, he likes we still books. had Firefly get canceled. What the hell? I don't know. Uh, anyway, but no, I just, I don't know. Like, I, and then I felt like the, the point of the whole movie was kind of stupid. That they, that this company has to do this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the the beings that they're sacrifice, sacrificing these kids to, mm-hmm. which, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> will rise up and pretty much destroy the earth and... That's right. It. I thought that was dumb. Did you really? So um, your suspension of disbelief was having some trouble, I see. Yes. I see. Um, I really, really liked that, actually. I was the opposite. So um, I loved that it starts with them. The movie starts off with uh, um, with Bradley Whitford and... Um, oh, shit. He's in Step... Step Brothers. Yes, and um, I'm blanking on his name, and I'm I apologize. I just love the West Wing, so Bradley Whitford, I know for mm-hmm. sure. Anyway, and and they're just talking, they're talking shop, they're getting, you know, they're getting coffee or whatever, and you know, <laughs> and you're like, what? Did I walk into the wrong movie? You know? Yeah. And then bam, the the title card for Captain of the Woods. The Captain, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're good. Uh, this movie's gonna be nuts because I have no idea where they fit in and all this. And it, I, to me, it was brilliant. It was genius. I loved everything about it. I loved the, the sort of playing with our expectations of what, what horror films are. I mm-hmm. love it. So anyway. But, but yeah. So I mean, that's that's my. But thing you on. love slasher movies. Let's keep going. Yeah. Let's I, I mean, like it's. I'm trying to. Yeah. So like, so I've seen most of the like well-known slasher films. So Friday Thirteenth, by far, is my favorite. Okay. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street is my second. The reason why it's my second, just because um, Freddy Krueger is a very non-likable villain, in my opinion, just because he's a, a pedophile. Um, oh, right. But, you know, uh, I forget that a lot. Um, and also because of, um, no offense to Wes Craven, may he rest in peace. Uh, he gave us some of the best slasher, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Scream, too. And Scream, yeah. Uh, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, Scream. Yeah. Um, but his West the the film that's actually called West Craven's New Nightmare. What the fuck, West? <laughs> I mean, and if anyone has seen Rick and Morty, with the episode with Scary Terry, Scary Terry, I love that. Scary. They are directly making fun of West Craven's New Nightmare because that's literally all that Freddy Krueger does. Yeah, just bitch. <laughs> Every five seconds. <laughs> oh, jeez, Rick, he sure says bitch a lot. He <laughs> uh, does say bitch a lot. It's really funny. I love Scary Terry. Anyway, go ahead. I've seen... I haven't seen the original uh, Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. I've okay. seen the Jessica Biel remake, which okay. has been a long time since so I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning or whatever it was called, like the prequel to that one. Yeah. And then me, uh, Ashley, and I saw the like 2014 version where it was 3D. Oh, yeah, it was just called Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, with uh, Alexandra Daddario. Whatever her last name is. Yeah. They still don't there's show no, her boobs. There's no way I said that correctly, by the way. Daddario. There's no way that's right. <laughs> if you know her, first off, tell her I'm in love with her and tell her I'm sorry. Um so those are the only Texas Chainsaws I've seen. Uh, and I felt like with the last one, Texas, the one that's just called Texas Chainsaw, yeah. uh, it kind of flips the entire series upside down. Because you actually, how they end it, you care for Leatherface. Okay. You're like, that's interesting. did you ever see it? No, I didn't. Okay, so it's it's decent, but they pretty much played off that uh, 
uh, what was what's her name again? Alexandra. Alexandra. Uh, is she's like a distant cousin of his. That's interesting. Because they decided as they did with most of these reboots of horror movies, it's a direct sequel to the very first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Um, so Leatherface is like her distant cousin. Hmm. And towards the end of the movie, you actually start to care for him. And you're like, oh, like he's actually not a bad guy, even though he just fucking murdered all of her friends. Right, yeah. Which she does not say anything to him about. Like yeah. she kills, he kills her boyfriend. Uh, he, he also kills... Uh, her boyfriend's, um, her boyfriend, uh, Alexandra's boyfriend was cheating on her. Uh-huh. So Leatherface kills the boyfriend and the, the girl. Interesting. Um, but I mean, I don't know. But um, I've never seen, and this is probably going to shock everyone, I've never seen a single child's play oh. movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say Halloween. I was going to break my heart. No, uh, I've seen the first Halloween Nothing I love, after I that. I love Halloween. I love those. those Which, uh, yeah, I, want, I really want to talk about Halloween. But, yeah, no, I've never seen a single child's play. Um, I've seen the first one. Mainly because dolls freak me out. Which, uh, well, not some dolls. Uh, the Annabelle doll especially freaks me out. Uh, yeah, that even one. Even though it's actually like a raggedy It's a raggedy and doll. Yeah. Uh, shout out to my mom. She thinks that's more terrifying. Uh, that a it's raggedy a raggedy handle mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. she had a whole bunch of them. Oh yeah, and she still does. They're in a box somewhere. My my grandparents uh, did as well. Yeah. Raggedy Ann and uh, Raggedy Andy. And it is, um, I believe it's well now that um, Lorraine Warren just passed away. I don't know what's going to happen to it. Um, oh fuck! I know because why haven't they burned it? Why do they keep it in a glass cage? I don't know. But a glass is, box. Have you seen the real glass case that it's in? It's like it's massive, crazy, and the raggedy handles in there, and it's terrifying because it, because I mean it's, it shouldn't be, and I think that's why because you you associate it with with joy or you know children or whatever, and then. It's being possessed by this entity. Right. Yeah. And it's in that glass case amongst a lot of things in that basement that are, you know, but now that Lorraine just passed away, I don't know what's going to happen to all that stuff. I know. Probably go see their kids. Do they have kids? Yeah, I was about to say. So, now speaking of getting to Halloween. I love Halloween. uh, I've seen the first one. It's been a very, very, very long time. Um, I just remember... uh, Having, and I'm sure a lot of people did when they were younger, uh, confusing Michael Myers with Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Uh, like a baby driver. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but did you know why they did that? Uh, because they couldn't get the license to use oh, really? Michael Myers masks. Huh. So uh, that was the joke. Because they re- were going to use right. uh, Halloween masks. Yeah. yeah. But they couldn't get the license. So yeah. They're like, you know, let's just leave this in that he confuses it with Mike Myers. With Mike Myers, yeah. Um, it's 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 a great scene. I love I love Baby Driver. Anyway, <laughs> Halloween. We studied it in my horror films class. In, uh, in yeah. So so my thing with Halloween, from what I remember, and of course, you know, I've still seen everything. You know, I, I've 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 researched the Rob Zombie remakes. Mm-hmm. I researched this the new one that just came out. That's also supposed to be a direct sequel to the first one, retconning all the sequels in between. Yeah. Because uh, Jamie Lee Curtis dies in one of those sequels, yeah, right? it's it is like you said, a direct sequel to the first one. It is it, the other ones don't exist anymore. Yeah, right. Um, and I think the reason why Halloween is such a recognizable horror movie, especially slasher horror movie, is 
you know, most of the the slasher villains I've mentioned, don't, uh, mainly Jason Voorhees, uh, they don't talk. Right. But I feel like Michael Myers, especially since he doesn't talk, uh, something about him is much more menacing mm-hmm. compared to a dude in a hockey mask. A, correction, a reanimated corpse <laughs> in a hockey mask. Right. Uh, which is actually why I love Friday the 13th. Now, granted, like I mentioned Back, I'm just briefly jump back to Friday the 13th. The first four are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Everything after that is just ridiculous. It's As just it. yeah. it's just fun to watch at that point. Yeah, uh, especially uh, Jason X. I was going to mention that one. I was going to oh, you don't like Jason X? Which when he gets uh, formed with like nanobites, it's very silly. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, but anyway, but with Halloween, you know, Michael Myers is a living, breathing person. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't talk, and it's so, and it's and so sinister, especially when you learn what the mask really was. Yeah, it was. Uh, if anyone didn't know, it was. It was. It was. It's uh, a Captain Kirk. Mask. It was Captain Kirk mm-hmm. mask that they just painted it's white. William Shatner. Yeah, and they they taint, they changed the hair and they painted it white. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. I know. Um. Yeah, I would still put Halloween. Under supernatural, okay, or slasher, you know, whatever, kind of like Voorhees and yeah. and Kruger, just because he's still superhuman. I mean, he gets shot, stabbed, you know, but he can st- and he can pick you know people up with one hand, and no. he doesn't die, whatever. You know, um, I have, and we'll talk about a lot of movies that are kind of grounded in reality. Uh-huh. That's probably one of my favorite John or one of my favorite horror types is the ones that are grounded right mm-hmm. they're much more terrifying to me anyway we'll get there um but yeah i would um i get what you're saying he is a person right yeah but he doesn't adhere to the rules like the rest of us do so i would still put him with uh right he's so, sort of supernatural i will pitch one to you um uh-huh. to watch if you haven't seen it already it is the remake of maniac um the 1980s maniac uh, which is great uh-huh. But uh, Elijah Wood stars in the remake of Maniac. Okay. It is done in first person. So we don't see blinks or anything. That's an Enter the Void thing. It's a Gaspier no thing, which is insane. Okay. Uh, but it is done in first person and it is crazy. It's awesome. It's a slasher film. You'll love it. You should see it. Okay. Maniac. Now, uh, one thing I'd, I want to mention with Halloween before we moved on. I feel like we talked about it. You saw the two Rob Zombie movies, I versions, did. right? What did you think of those compared to, mainly let's just compare it to the original yeah. first Halloween. At the time, I know yeah. it's like the second Halloween where Michael isn't even in it, right? Or is it like the second or third the one? The third one. Okay. Um, and we'll, I, I can tell you all about that. Um, <laughs> so uh, I really liked the Rob Zombie one the first time I saw it. Uh-huh. Um, I saw it with Dad. Um, okay. Because we love horror movies and slasher movies. And we liked that it went into detail. Of like his childhood? Yeah. Okay. Now that I'm older and I've become a movie snob, (laughs) self-diagnosed, I love the original so much more. And if nothing else, I mean, it gave us, number one, it gave us the steady cam. Um, There is the opening shot is a oneer, which means it's it's one shot. And John Carpenter did Halloween, didn't he? Yes. John Carpenter ah. did Halloween. That is correct. In 1978. John Carpenter and Wes Craven, the uh, godfathers of oh, horror. Oh, for sure. Um, John Carpenter is still alive. 
Um, Wes Craven is not. I know. R.I.P. That sucks. Um, but there's a, there, the opening shot is of Michael walking up to the house, around the house, into the house, upstairs, killing his sister, downstairs, outside, and then... And then we we cut, and then we finally see Michael. But it's a first person shot, right? And it's a steady cam. So with the steady so, cam, so the camera. For, so we're seeing. So the camera is going where right. Michael's going. Exactly. Oh. Okay. And so what the steady cam gave us was a smooth, you know. Uh, I mean, you still had to strap it to a human being, and it weighed a you know a thousand pounds, but uh, it didn't weigh that much. But it was very heavy. Right. Um, it allowed for the camera not to be jumpy and shaky as you mm-hmm. move it around, um, and so in innovative in that sense too. But really, I just God, it was so, it's such a great movie. I um, it was probably the first slasher film I ever saw, so okay. it will always be the, your favorite, right, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the Rob Zombie one, you know, now that I think about it, it's unnecessary. <laughs> we didn't need it. You know, we didn't need the remake, much like we didn't need the, the Friday the 13th remake. Or, or the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Right, we don't need that. You know, we have the other ones. They're fine. Um, and didn't he get a lot of criticism for the second one? Oh, I, hate second it. One? I hated the second one. I um, I saw it once. Not even with Dad this time. I just because I, I think he just didn't want to see it, and I was like, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. Uh-huh. And I didn't like it. It's like I get it, man. You're married to that woman. Uh, leave Sherry her Moon out Osborne. of it. Yeah. Or Sherry Moon Zombie. Yeah, I'm like, leave her out of it. <laughs> it's over. You know, I get it. You're married. You love her. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> you know, um, the opposite way of how I feel about the Devil's Rejects, and we'll get there. Um. Because I love the Devil's Rejects very, very much. So before we before we go on, I'm just going to mention it. Um, I've not seen a single Rob Zombie horror movie. Okay, except for uh, this. What's well, even a horror movie? And I know my wife is listening, and she uh, will probably throw something at me or roll her eyes like I'm about to. Because I think I know what you're going to say, <laughs> and I'm going to roll my eyes at you. Um, it is a. <laughs> It is a movie based on a comic he wrote. Here we go. I'm rolling my eyes already because it's the animated one. Uh, the Haunted World of El Super Bisto. Oh, <laughs> so dumb. It is <laughs> very disappointing. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But probably one of my best portrayals of Satan, which I will never say that ever again. Uh, yeah, you love Satan. We have it on. We have it on audio. I know. It's recorded. Uh, Paul Giamatti, oh, uh, well, correction as Dr. Satan, because he's not even the actual well, devil. That is a, um, it's a reference to House of a Thousand Corpses. There's uh, a Dr. Satan in House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, see, I would have known that. I know. And <laughs> it just wrote it, and now you have to see House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, but Paul Giamatti just kills I love Paul it. Giamatti. Uh, and, and then you have Tom Kinney in it as his right hand ape with the screw in its head. <laughs> uh, Rosario Dawson as like this. Like nappy stripper, <laughs> Tom Papa, who I've, I don't know what he looks like in real life. Oh, I know he's a he's a stand up comedian. He's funny. Um, I like that guy. But he's uh, El Super Bisto, and he is the highlight of that movie for me because he is so funny. Uh, Sharon Moon Osborne, or I keep saying Osborne. Sharon Why Moon do you keep Zombie. saying Osborne? Because uh, of Sharon Osborne. And then um, also one of my another one of my favorite comedians, and also another. I do know this for a fact. Uh, another actor Rob Zombie uses, uh, Brian Posehn. Yeah. Love Brian Posehn. He's so funny. Especially in, uh, this is not a horror movie, The Five-Year Engagement with Jason Segel. <laughs> he is so fucking funny in that. 
Um, but anyway, so yeah. Uh, so I just wanted your opinion on uh, on those two because again, yeah. like I said, well, and I can tell you why um, he wasn't in the third one. You ready? Okay. So Halloween's part one and two, right? Mm-hmm. That was going to be the Michael Myers story. Okay. They were going to do a whole bunch of other movies. Halloween uh-huh. with a. Um, that's why Halloween, the night he came home, they were all going to have subtitles and they were going to be a different story. And okay. so after the backlash of, of it's like the Season wit- of the Witch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And after the backlash of Season of the Witch, they were like, dude, where's Michael Myers, man? What's going on? They're like, well, we're not going to do that anymore. It's like, well, too bad. <laughs> we like Michael Myers. <laughs> so, so the audience pretty much demanded that. Yeah. Halloween had to be synonymous with Michael Myers. Yeah. And so it will forever be a a footprint or a fingerprint of, hey, this could have been an anthology series of movies instead of Michael Myers. Right. Right. Did you see the recent remake they just did? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, no, I didn't see that one. Supposedly it's fantastic. Oh, I've heard it's great. I just haven't had a chance to see I, it. I don't I know how I feel it about it. It exists a lot of the time, if I'm being I, honest. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Just because, uh, I mean, I understand why they just called it Halloween. If they called it anything else, uh, I'm sure people would have been like, oh, this is ridiculous. Like Halloween 2, for real this time, or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, so, um, so we re- you kind of uh, touched on it, of supernatural horror. Yeah. Now... I'll let you discuss because I have a lot to say about supernatural horror. See, I really like supernatural horror. And um, this, I get to shout out with my mom because mom really likes these too. So, oh, well, then she's gonna hate what I have to yeah, say. I know she is. Hey, you're you're saying uh, Ashley and I a lot, so she's gonna be happy about that. But um, so here we go. You right? I'm right. So some of my favorite supernatural uh, horror films. Um, recently, it would be The Conjuring. That would be my favorite. Okay, uh, so, so I've, seen, I've seen The Conjuring. Oh, mom loves The Conjuring. Um, she's gonna be so happy. About I it. I enjoyed it. Was it the best horror movie I've seen that everyone said it was? I disagree. I'd say I I would say it's one of the best modern day horror films, especially uh, haunting horror films, and it used people I I recognized uh, from being such a fan of real life horror film or real life horror. Right, uh-huh. I knew who Ed Lorraine Warren were uh, yeah. already, um, and I, I watched lots of documentaries, and you know. Um, one of them was about the Annabelle doll that, um, and I was like, oh, that's the guys. And so when it, when the movie starts off with the Annabelle case, which is the real case and that's it. So, I mean, when they did the other movies, I was like, that's ridiculous. Anyway, um, I was so excited cause I'm like, I know who these people are and I know what they've done. I know their history. This is going to be so much. And I don't know this one. Right. Mm. And I love it. I love everything about it. I love the the title sequence. I love the music choices. I love Ron Livingston. I, you know. Oh yeah, that's right. Fred was in it. It's great. I. It's one of the best haunted house movies I've ever seen. Continue. Well, so like, so I've seen The Conjuring, and you're gonna totally judge me. And I know already done. Um, I actually didn't know it started with the Annabelle case because I didn't see it from that. I saw it from Ed Lorraine are already in the house investigating and all the way – pretty much all the way up until the end. The exorcism and everything. Um, And I think that's why I was just kind of like – I mean it was okay. Yeah. Um, But, you know, again, you know, with kind of how we started it of building – 
a bigger universe. You know, that's what they're doing with this. And I don't agree with that, by the you way. Know, so we had so the Conjuring started it. Then we had uh, the Annabelle standalone, right? Mm-hmm. And then we had the Conjuring two, mm-hmm. and then we had the Annabelle creation movie. Yeah, which already that was too many Annabelles, <laughs> one too many. In well, my opinion. I mean, the case was the beginning of the Conjuring. I mean, that's it. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, um, giving it lore, which is fine. I don't mind that. Um, but you know, like I said, not everything needs to be connected to anything else. Uh, right. I think, you know, the conjuring one and two is fine because it's Ed and Lorraine, you know. Well, and did you see the nun? No. I heard it was just it, I, it, I heard it it yeah. wasn't bad, but I heard it just it felt like it didn't fit within this universe that they're creating. Yeah. Um even I mean, though it ends with like the beginning of the conjuring two. And I liked the conjuring two, okay. Um, I didn't like as much the first one, right. um, but because I'm, I love Frances O'Connor and she's in it, you know, she's fantastic. I love her so much, um, that I liked it and, but again, it wasn't as good as the first one. And what really got me with the first one was at the very, very end, um, we have Ed and he's putting the, the music box in the basement, right? Uh-huh. And... Lorraine is saying, hey, we have a case, I think. Someone's calling about upstate New York. And it's the Amityville. Amityville, yeah. Yeah. See, okay. So I watched a whole documentary on the Amityville horror. Okay. And I can't believe I didn't write that one down. I've seen – I didn't see the original. I saw the Ryan Reynolds remake. The original's pretty good. Um, But I watched a whole documentary on that. And they interviewed – I don't think he's the last surviving, but he was a little boy mm-hmm. of the family that yeah. was living there when all these events uh, supposedly occurred. The 23 days they were in there, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's a grown man now. Yeah. And he actually, in the documentary, he goes and he visits Lorraine. Oh. And she remembered him, like, immediately. Because he even said, like, oh, do you do you remember me? And she's like, oh, of course I remember you. Yeah. And they actually walk around the basement. Oh, cool. And, yeah, the, and then you see Annabelle. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's in Amityville. The Amityville Horror is one of those movies. And I'll, I'll eventually kind of touch back. We'll get back to The Conjuring. But mm-hmm. I just kind of want to talk about that. Um, that... Kind of like what you're mentioning of, like, real-life horror. Mm-hmm. Like, I do believe that there are forces that we don't know of. And I do believe some are benevolent and some are malevolent. Yeah. I, I said those, right? I mean, I grew up... Um, I grew up believing in ghosts because my parents do. And um, my my grandmother on my dad's side, I mean, she's she was all about it, mm. right? And... Um, so, I mean, I've never, I mean, now I've, I've, I've kind of thought about it a little bit more. I mean, like, you know, there's evidence for there not being, and there's evidence for there being. So right. I'm, now I'm torn, but growing up, there's no question. Right. No question. There are ghosts. They're everywhere. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so, so with Amityville, I felt like, I mean, something definitely was going on that couldn't be explained, mm-hmm. but... I mean, with all the different interpretations of the story, right. you know, with the remake of the movie taking, you know, inspiration from the real life, but adding in its own thing. Yeah. Like the whole dude who used to kill 
Indians on the on the yeah, property. And, that was weird. Yeah, and just so I mean, we don't have a straight story from any of the family. By the way, no one is really given. The only thing that for sure we know is that Ronald Dufeo killed his family in that house. The, the previous yeah. family, right? Yeah. Yes. That's what we know. That's what we got. And I think that's an interesting story in and of itself by mm-hmm. itself, right, is the, the Ronald Dufeo stuff. Right. That's crazy. And I love it. I think it's so, so scary and so out there. And Yeah, because they don't – they can't really know what happened because he killed all his family. He did. And killed himself, right? He killed himself, didn't he, after he uh, killed his whole family? No. No, he went to jail. That's right. Because didn't he leave for work? It was I don't that I don't remember, but I feel like I read something. And about that. it's just that that case alone is so strange because everyone was face down, and they didn't. There weren't signs that Ronald moved anybody. You know, nobody woke up. It's a shotgun. You know, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So I mean, that that by itself is all I need. You know, yeah. the fact that this family moved in for twenty three days and bounced because it was so terrifying in there mm-hmm. is just icing, right? Right. That's great. I love it. Um, but anyway, but yeah, kind of going back to the Conjuring, Conjuring. universe. I love that. Um, so, uh, so you know they're doing another Annabelle movie, right? Yeah. Annabelle comes home. Whatever. I, listen, I'm over it. I'm not going to see it. I saw the first Annabelle, which I am very. Very embarrassed to tell you. Um, and you know, I heard it was decent. No, nah, but then right. I heard Annabelle Creation was just like, okay, like really, did they're, we need this? They're cash grabs, you know. Yeah. Uh, and they're and like I mentioned earlier, they're, they're the fun ones, right? These are the fun horror movies with jump scares and not being taken too seriously, and right, which are great. And I mm. like some of those, but um, I definitely like the more serious ones a lot better. Right. So. So what I have to say about supernatural horror, there we go. Um, especially in modern times, I believe that it is. I had to put down my pen for this to really like. It is so overdone, and it is not like. I'm gonna sound such like a, a hypocrite, especially when I could like started with horror. Pretty much scares me, but it it's not scary, and I mean. Like, okay. <laughs> I got to, like, really, like, like dig my heels in for this. Well, I think it was, you know, you had mentioned with the – and I'm giving you a free therapy session. I think it was <laughs> when you had mentioned about Cabin in the Woods, it was your suspension of disbelief, uh-huh. wasn't there? I think that is why you don't like things. It's because they're, they're taking things that aren't based in reality. Uh-huh. Right, it's sort of like I'm not afraid of monster movies. Right, right. those don't scare me because it's like that's not I don't care. Yeah. You know, my, the werewolves s- don't exist. Like who cares? Right, right. Well, let's not go that far. But I'm <laughs> saying like Godzilla doesn't exist. That's what I'm saying. Gotcha. Um, and <laughs> sorry, I think I just made my. I'm sure my dad's laughing. <laughs> thinking I think werewolves exist. Um, but I think that yes, you are correct in that. If you if you're not down for it, like if mm-hmm. you're not saying yeah, I'm there, I'm there with you. Mm-hmm. You're right; it's not scary, and I and I agree with that. Because the only and like I wrote it down on my notes, the only uh, supernatural horror movie that did scare me is the one we just we started this episode with. It. Oh. Okay. Uh, that is the only one that has still scared me, but. 
Not even The Exorcist? Nothing? Well, you know how long it's been since I've seen The Exorcist and The Omen? Uh, uh, shame on you for both of those. First off, The Exorcist, you should at least be watching once a year. All right? I mean, I've seen the, uh, the episode of Psych where they reference <laughs> The Exorcist. Okay, great. <laughs> well, then, oh, well, then I guess you've seen it. Then. No. <laughs> oh, jeez, Louise. Um, uh, but, um, but, like, for me, I think, I think, actually... I mean, I'm sure you're probably 100% right. Uh, the, the other thing for me, why I feel like supernatural horror, it's, it, it's, I wouldn't go as far, even though I probably, I would probably say this off mic, I wouldn't go as far as say it's not true horror, mm-hmm. but it's not scary yeah. because of paranormal activity. Okay. I'll give credit. The movie. Yeah, the movie. The movie. Yes, okay. the movie. Not the actual phenomena, but okay. the, the movie. I'll give credit where credit's due. The first two were, Absolutely terrifying. The first one, yeah, was re- I saw it with Dad. Sorry, um, <laughs> sorry, Mom. <laughs> and that's going to segue to another uh, subgenre I really want to talk about: uh, found footage. Okay, but we'll get there. Okay, um, but you know, paranormal activity. If anyone hasn't seen it, I'm surprised you haven't, because there's a bajillion sequels, which is why. Yeah, it, the the lost ones. It did. It, it did catch that disease that most horror movies do which is the the disease of too many sequels right? yeah friday 13th had it nightmare on elm street's had it halloween's definitely had yeah. it um but so the first one because they they really drove the point home well they really played with the idea of like yeah no we you know paramount just found this footage like they yeah. never released any names of cast directors mm-hmm. anyone yeah and so a lot of people i'll i'll say it i legit thought it was real at first i thought it was i didn't think it was like a, a narrative story i right. thought that it was going to show uh, which dad and i are obsessed with uh, people who have claimed to have caught things on camera and they were going to combine them in some compilation and show all of it, right? That's right. what I thought the movie was at first. Right. And and it did do what Blair Witch Project perfected, uh, which was market it as it's real. Right. Don't back down. And Blair Witch Project didn't let the actors go to the premiere. Oh, really? Yeah. They're like, don't back down. Say it's real. Don't answer any questions. No, <laughs> you know, you guys, you're gonna hide. You know, for a while, we are going to convince these people that this happened. Right, and it makes it so much scarier. Right, right. Yeah. So nothing happens in the Blair Witch Project. Have you seen it? Nothing happens. The movie is because didn't they go to like shaky uh, and then following people around? That's all it is. Because didn't they go to like a camera store and buy a camera? I read somewhere that that's how. Well, they let the what they did was GPS actually made the the movie happen. Without GPS, you couldn't have this movie because the directors didn't want to be there. They wanted to know where they were and walkie them or send them notes on what to do. Where do we want the story to end up? And so a lot of their emotions are genuine. They are really frustrated. They are really lost. They are really upset with one another, right? And GPS allowed them to keep track of where they are, right, in the woods. And obviously things had to happen in some sort of sequence, but the majority of it, they just let them go and gave them the cameras and just said, you know, yeah. 
Because, yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's brilliant, and it costs nothing, and they made everything. Um, before I continue on with uh, my paranormal activity right, rant, right. what did you think of the sequel, just Blair Witch? I didn't see it. You didn't see it? I no. heard it was trash. No, I, when I was a substitute teacher, uh, I did have students draw the insignia on oh my, my board because I am Mr. Blair, right? <laughs> and so they would draw the little stick figure guy on my board. It was very funny. I thought it was funny. <laughs> kids, uh, kids are dumb, but it was funny. But uh, let's kind of go back to my whole spiel on paranormal activity. So I saw the first two. Uh, I was absolutely terrified. Um, didn't want to see another one. And, but in watching two... I, I was still, t- you know, it scared me, but I realized, I was like, there's something weird here. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this a sequel, but it's telling a story backwards? Oh, you hadn't figured it out yet. No, I hadn't. Oh, oh, I got you. It okay. was with the third one that was like, oh, these uh, are movies. These are <laughs> movies. That is. These are scripts. These are actors. These are Productions. Thank you for being open and honest with me. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. That, that's very brave of you because there's no way I would ever admit anything like that to you ever. Because <laughs> then, that, that is very silly. But then, you know, so hang on because I'm going to have to. No, no, no. no but I, I agree. The first one, the first one was nuts. And what I was a movie, crazy movie nerd back then uh-huh. also. And so I just did a ton of research. And, you know, obviously I knew it wasn't real. But, right. Um, and just for the reason that. People saw different endings. Um, really? Yeah, I bet like you. The first one? Yeah, like I bet you, if you and I saw a movie on different in different months, we uh-huh. would have saw a different ending. Really? Yeah. What ending did you see in the first one? Uh, sh- did she throw him into the bedroom? Yes. Okay, cool. That's the one I saw. Some people didn't. Some people didn't see that one. Really? Yeah. Some people saw a different ending, and the most terrified I've ever been in a movie theater is is um, her and Micah screaming downstairs and then it just stops and you're just sitting there in the bedroom just aren't you just scared just yes. thinking about it yes <laughs> I mean that's the most scared I've ever been was, and then he just and then it like the camera like fast forwards right and then he just comes flying flying into the room yeah I mean it is just so that silence is so terrifying yeah and so so it was when they announced the third one, I was like, okay, something is not right here. <laughs> How many times are you going to tell me three different times that three different families mm-hmm. were all experiencing uh, <laughs> yeah. paranormal activity? Yeah. And then, so by the third one, I realized, okay, right. this is, these are planned, these are scripts, these are actors, this is a production. And then that's when they, kind of like you said, the disease, they just ran it I will say into the that the third one I like more than the second one. And just for just technique. So what uh-huh. the third one did, which I thought was so genius. So I'm going to just oh. stop for a brief second. Okay. Never saw the third one. Okay. Never saw the fourth one. Well, let me, let me tell you about the third one. Okay. The third one did something that was so cool that I was like, all right, this, at least they're they're not just, you know, spitting these out. They're actually thinking about how to make it different. And they strapped a camera or the the character, whatever, strapped a camera to an oscillating fan. And so it will move back and forth very slowly. Okay. And things change 
as we keep and it is terrifying it is so suspenseful and you're just on the edge of your seat but like what's gonna happen when it goes this way uh-huh. okay nothing okay well then that means something's gonna happen when it moves the other way i thought it was genius and it does some really cool stuff in the third did one did you ever see the um fourth one i don't think so i only saw the first three i think I saw the – I didn't see the fourth one. So I saw the first and second one. Didn't see the third one. Didn't see the fourth one. I saw the quote-unquote fifth one, uh, but it was the first one with the subtitle, uh, Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. Oh, yeah. I saw I, that one. I didn't see that. Because that one uh, – that one was just ridiculous because it toys with a time travel idea yeah. where – so, so the main character gets possessed – by some kind of demon and some kind of witch. And it goes from the story revolving around him to then evolving around his friend, who his friend ends up going through a portal, huh. which sends him to the first movie. Uh-huh. Um, no, the second. No. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was garbage. This is all very silly. Um, and then the sixth one, which is called The Ghost Dimension, which this is, is stupid. <laughs> and oh, Rain's upset. Well, and I'm reading here that uh, kind of what you're saying. Uh, it said the, the it says the the first and third ones received generally positive critical acclaim. Yeah, first uh, and third. Yeah, the third one. I, I, I'm telling you, I like the third one more than the second one. The uh, second one, the the thing I liked was all the cabinets and drawers opened at the same time. Oh yeah. In the in the kitchen, that freaked me out. Didn't they didn't they explain that they used like air or something to oh, blow them open? I don't remember. I didn't read about how they did it. I was just so impressed by it that. Um, but I'll tell you this, in the second one, <laughs> um, theater goers all around the country, no one asked them to do this. Uh-huh. Nobody, um, like this wasn't, you know, people started clapping and applauding with the the pool cleaner. <laughs> oh, when it shoots up out of the pool? No, just anytime it was on screen. So <laughs> what? anytime the camera would be showing the pool and the pool cleaner would be in it, people would applaud. It's Why? very silly. I have no idea. And it's just this the sort of collective idea that that's kind of silly that they're showing us this all the time. Uh-huh. And why does it matter? You know, and so they on their own decided to clap and applaud the pool cleaner. It's so funny. Um I'm pretty sure there's <laughs> Because they would film the audience in some cases, and so I bet you there's footage of people clapping with the pool cleaner. Right. Yeah. So this would kind of wrap up my whole spiel about paranormal activity. I just I feel like that genre kind of didn't reintroduce per se, but it it kind of revived the whole supernatural horror subgenre. But then at the same time, simultaneously running it back into the ground <laughs> because like on my list I have some other g- great supernatural horror movies like The Ring and The Grudge um, we're talking the the original Japanese versions correct uh, yeah uh, well uh, okay. I haven't seen those oh okay. I've seen the remakes of just the first the first Ring remake okay and uh, no I never saw The Grudge though you never saw The Grudge okay no but um but like also, Con- the Conjuring mm-hmm. is on that list. Yeah, um, is on this list, and the Blair Witch Project. Um, do you have the Babadook on there? I do, but it is actually under. I put it under. Got to flip. Uh, horror drama. drama. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And we'll um, get to that. 
But uh, to kind of finish out supernatural horror, um, I want your opinion on Hereditary. Oh, I've never seen it. It's brilliant. I don't really care to see it oh, because everyone uh, I talk to about this movie, uh, my mother included, which I know she's probably listening, um, said the last 20 minutes, 20 minutes, I believe, uh, was garbage. I, oh man, I disagree with that. <laughs> so much do I disagree with that um I my my quick the the quick compliment I give hereditary is hereditary is what Rosemary's baby could have been okay um, I almost wrote that movie down but I had never seen it so Rosemary's baby is first off it's fantastic right okay. um it's great I love Rosemary's baby but um you know 1968 mm-hmm. doesn't allow for a lot of you know, shocking imagery, right? It right. did its best, and I love Rosemary's Baby. I'm not... Didn't they do a miniseries a couple years back? They did. I didn't see it. Okay. Um, but with Hereditary, I mean, this guy is amazing. And his new Wasn't film... He a first-time director? Yeah. And his new film, Midsummer, Midsummer, uh, is coming out this uh, July, I think. And I it can't come any sooner. I can't wait. Okay. Um, so, Hereditary is... A slow burn, okay? Okay. Which I never mind. Uh, people say it's too slow. I've heard that argument. That is too slow. It's too boring. And I completely disagree because we are – we're building. We're setting up, uh-huh. right? Um, and it has one of the most shocking scenes of my life that I didn't see coming in the middle of the movie. When uh, the sister gets yes. decapitated. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So I'm in the theater. I am – Basically by myself because no one wants to see this movie in the middle of the day, and I, <laughs> I saw it twice in a weekend. By the way, but we'll get there. So, we, so I'm sitting there, and he is driving his sister home. She is having an allergic reaction, right? Right. She had peanuts. Peanuts, right? right. Yeah. Um, which is set up in the in the beginning of the movie, um, lazily, and I'll admit that. And she's eating a candy bar at the grandmother's wake, and they're asking if there's peanuts in it. It's like, okay, <laughs> whatever. She's She won't eat it if there's peanuts in it, obviously. Anyway, as someone with a peanut allergy, I take offense to that because we can take care of ourselves. All right. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so um, she's going in anaphylaxis, right? And she is sticking her head out of the window to get some air. Uh-huh. And... I don't remember what was in the road, why he swerved, but he swerved and her head hits the telephone pole and it decapitates her. Okay, so I almost stand up, right? <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? We're an hour into the movie, right? Uh-huh. Not even. I don't even think we're in that, right? Anyway, and it is one of the best performances I've seen is this kid. I don't know. I don't know his name. Alex Wolf. There you go. Thank you. His brother is Nat Wolf. I don't know. Nat um, Wolf you might reckon you might. I don't know. In our friendship in high school, I don't think I ever, ever admitted to ever watching the show because I don't want you to judge me. But you ever watch the show on Nickelodeon, The Naked Brothers Band? I did not. Oh. <laughs> they used to have a band when they were much younger. Let the judgment commence. Uh, called The Naked Brothers Band. And uh, now that they're older... They still they're still doing music, but it's just called Nat and Alex Wolf. Okay. Um, but Alex Wolf also was in uh, 
Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Yes, now that I know. Anyway, um, so... So anyway, because yeah, I, I did see a screenshot of like the sheer horror on his face because he doesn't want to turn around. It's only, and he doesn't. And here's the thing is we are on his face for so long and what he does and this, I mean, this is shock and grief perfectly like, executed, right? Mm-hmm. This is perfectly shown is that he drives home very slowly. He gets out of the car. He walks into his bedroom. He falls asleep. He, he, he lays in bed. He doesn't sleep, but he, he lays. He doesn't tell anyone. He cannot believe what just happened. Neither can we. Right. Right? We're like, what is happening? It took her head off? What? You know? Uh-huh. And, oh, man. All right. So, again, we, are, we have a shot of his face as he's laying in bed, right? Um, a great movie trick that we've seen a million times is night turning into day really quickly right with mm-hmm. just the the lighting change and tawny collette uh, we hear her say she's gonna go get some balsa wood to work on her miniatures and we hear her go downstairs we hear her open the front door close the front door and then we wait and then she screams and we're, oh man it is and so we're, and so we're still on alex wolf's face yeah the entire time the entire time Okay. And his expression never changes. Uh, I don't even think he blinks. He's very good. Um, And then we cut after that. But, I mean, you've never been so tense. (laughs) You've never been so shocked in your life. At least me. I was, Uh what is happening? And then really the movie starts, right? Because we we have these instances of maybe I know what this movie's going to be. Okay. And then that happens. You're like, well, I just don't know then. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going on. Let's just, let's see what happens, you know? Yeah. And it, it turns out being something you didn't expect. And the way it was shown to you with the last 20 minutes, it, it goes from, you know, you're at 20 miles an hour. And then that last 20 minute mark hits and you're going 220 miles an hour. Okay. And... It's so much so fast. I can see why people didn't like that, that it was so much so fast. But it got me. I love it. I love that it went that Yeah, because, like, after my mom saw it. <laughs> I also had my mom say it. She, she, saw, she sent me a video kind of breaking down the entire movie. And, like, the, the guy who did it, I don't remember the channel. I don't remember the video. But he, the point that he brought up, like, a lot is that for this family who is trying to be a family Mm -hmm. the only time they are normal is when they're alone like in their rooms alone but Mm -hmm. when they're together there's so much uh you know animosity and anger yeah you know like i remember from the trailer where she uh where i can't uh tony collette yes where she's screaming at uh, alex wolf yeah like i am your mother yeah and and the, and the guy mentioned that, like, yeah, when they're together, like, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. But when they're alone and they're all in their separate rooms, it's almost like there's this kind of lull. and yeah. They get to breathe, right? Right. Um, and, oh, man. So, it's, it's brilliantly executed, the uh-huh. entire movie, yes, in my personal opinion. Obviously, it's not an opinion we all share, but um, it... Oh, man, it's just so great. And even 
to the, the, the song they choose for the end credits. It's perfect. Everything is perfect. Yeah, and, and that's something I want to talk about because the video I watched, like he talked about what happens at the end of the movie. Okay. Um, I think that's what kind of confirmed it for me. Like, yeah, I really don't want to see this movie. <laughs> is that it was all like a cult that had planned this out. Yeah. To to find the right host. Yeah. For this demon that mm-hmm. they've been trying to summon for years. And payment, yeah. And that decapitation was actually a very like pure form or some shit. I I don't remember that bit that the, about the decapitation, but um, if you watch it again, it is all painstakingly planned out by these people, and yeah. even the even the telephone pole had the insignia of their of their cult was carved in on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and we see the telephone pole as they're driving to the party. You know, we are given that information already, and it's. Mm. I'm telling you, man, it's it's set up and follow through, and I love it. And yeah, it's a cult, right? That's what it is. That's what the movie ended up being, right? Um, also, with a little bit of supernatural stuff in there as well. Um, so I wouldn't say it's grounded in reality because it isn't. Yeah. Because um, yeah, doesn't one part like the husband like catch fire spontaneously? Yes. Uh, she throws the this journal, or uh, I think it was the sketchbook or something of this of uh, the girl. Um, into the fire and the first time she did it her sleeve caught on fire right uh-huh. and it was just her sleeve because only a little bit of it was on fire right and uh-huh. so when she put that out her sleeve and so she was under the impression that if she threw the whole thing in she would burst into the flame and it turns out when she did it the father burst into flame right uh-huh. inside um, yeah because isn't like Alex Wolf like the, we could do a whole podcast on this movie because it's so it's so great. We could, we could. I'm it's, pretty sure we've been talking about it for at least 15 minutes. Oh, for sure. Well, it's brilliant. I love Hereditary so much. It is well, because isn't he like the the body, like the perfect body that they need? He does end up because they do need a male host, but uh-huh. they wanted um, Charlie to embody the male host uh, as well. The the sister, the right? Mm-hmm. Well, because don't they don't they decapitate Nat Alex Wolf and then put her head. On his body? No. No? Uh, no, they do not. Um, they keep his body intact. Because he jumps out a window and kills himself, doesn't he? He does. And uh, he does jump out a window. I guess he does end up killing him because then Charlie embodies his his body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... The demon or whatever. I guess. Um, I don't think we get that far, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, the video I watched said that they were successful they in were. him... Taking over, which the... is another uh, horror movie trope I love, mm-hmm. which is bad guy wins. Yeah. Uh, to me, if the bad guy doesn't win, it's not a horror movie because <laughs> it's it's just been a thrilling drama at that point. Right. Um, if people live happily ever after, I'm not into that. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me sound like a terrible person, but it's true. Well, and, and kind of going back to to you know my love for Friday Thirteenth, I think that's why Friday Thirteenth um, stayed embedded in everyone's minds because prior to the uh, number four, the final mm-hmm. chapter. Jason won every single movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, beginning, the first one is his mom, mm-hmm. but he pops out of the water at the That's very right. end. And then, you know, he kills all the kids in two, kills all the kids in three, which is also 3D. Uh, <laughs> right. 
Love that, especially when it crashes through the the glass. The glass, right? yeah. Uh, and then the final chapter is when he loses. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, that's where five picks up because because then Corey Feldman becomes Jason Voorhees. Oh. Um, but anyway, um, so so I feel like that we've kind of gone around in our supernatural horror yeah. subgenre. Um, one of the ones I kind of wanted to talk about too, and we mentioned it, is horror drama. Yeah. Because I it, like, when I was looking through it all, it also came up as a horror drama. It is. Um, that is correct. Which I don't perceive it as. Like, I mean, like, yes, there's a, you know, a lot of interactions with the kids and their parents. Mm-hmm. Which one could say is a drama, especially with Beverly and how she is sexually and uh, physically abused by her father. Yeah. Um, Eddie, who is also... Abused by his mom, uh, right? um, Emotionally and verbally abused by his mother. Yeah. Uh, Same with Bill. Bill's not really necessarily abused as his parents kind of leave him alone. I would say that... I get what you're saying is that they don't have a lot of interaction with the parents, but really it's just their um, their lives together as friends, right? Right. Um, they're what make it a drama. And right. it just so happens that there's this supernatural evil being that's also there. Yeah, the killer um, clown on the loose. Right. It could be a movie without it. Okay. Now, um, so we, we just we mentioned it a second ago, uh, The Babadook. Yeah. I... I have not seen this. It's I great. S- I still want to see it. It's great. Watch even the though, watch the short film first. Uh, the short even film though, is fantastic. Uh, even though I know how the movie plays out, and also that apparently the Babadook is considered a gay icon. Oh, that's interesting. Because I don't know not if that was I made as a joke. It might be a joke because I it, it's <laughs> in the movie. It is a a. Um, monster representation of grief. That's what it is. Okay. And that's what makes it a horror drop because it is this mother and son dealing with the grief of losing uh, her husband, his dad. Mm-hmm. And... Would um, you also say The Babadook is also a psychological horror? Yes. Because, because like I said, I haven't seen it, but I know how it plays a out. A lot of these do cross genres a lot right cross sub genres right and that th- this is a good example of that yeah because because like i said i hadn't seen it but i know how it plays out that it's actually uh the mother has been imagining all of this like the babadook isn't actually there like he's not because he is that is an interpretation of it yeah really yeah sure <laughs> you can interpret anything yeah well it like, makes things more fun when you do that well because like i i saw like uh like a an ending explained kind of thing mm-hmm. that it's revealed that the babadook you know wasn't in the house like the the actual physical being mm-hmm. wasn't there that it was all the the mom's manifestation of everything yeah but then that could work I'm just saying that... You're giving me nothing here. I'm, I'm giving you something. I'm giving you that <laughs> there can be multiple interpretations. It can be real as well, and uh-huh. it still works. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, like I said before, I don't really like monster movies, but I like this one. Right. Um, because of the, the you know, psychological sort of um, representations mm-hmm. and allegories and examples that it gives that I like. I like that. Now, uh, 
Another one that I wrote down, and I, this one I could see as a horror drama. I'm excited. The Sixth Sense. Yes. Of course. Um, Tawny Collette, again. Really? She, you know, she was long, the mom. You know, yeah. Good God. She was the mom, yeah. I haven't seen that movie in years. And that one is really about those two, right? About uh, Haley Joe Osment. And, and Tawny Collette. Yeah, yeah, that's where the drama lives, is with those guys. Okay. Right? There is a great Nate Bergazzi um, joke in his new stand-up special, which is on Netflix, by the way. Today's episode brought to you by Nate Bergazzi stand-up. Um, where he talks about how women in the silent treatment, <laughs> that um, the reason we were so shocked by the ending of The Sixth Sense is oh, because that, that we... That Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time? Yeah. <gasps> is that we were we just went along with his wife is just not talking to him for a year. You know what I mean? We believed that <laughs> rather than him not being alive. We would rather believe that his wife is just not talking to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it is. It's a very funny, it's a funny bit. So go, go watch Nate Bergazzi's thing on Netflix. Anyway, um, another one I have written down, uh, kind of going again, back to how we started this. Uh, another Andy, Muscanetti, Muschetti. Oh, Mama. Mama, yes. Yeah. Which I... I haven't seen them. Damn. I was hoping you had, because nope. I haven't seen it. What? Uh, no, I've I seen I've seen clips, but I haven't seen the whole movie. Uh, been told it's fantastic, that yeah. like it's truly like really good. Um, so then, okay, I'll go to another one. Okay. Uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh-huh. I saw that one. It was on there as well. Um, what... How would that classify as a drama... Per se, because um, I mean, exorcism. Like we kind of we didn't really talk about it, but you know, exorcism is I feel like has become a trope of horror. You know, yeah. Well, at least uh, theology. You know, de- well not theology, uh, just religion as a whole. You know, and theology is the same thing as what you just said. Oh, anyway. oh so, so <laughs> I did say it right. You did say it right. Yeah, uh, so I, I never use big boy terms. Oh well, you did today. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's because you know it's based on an actual. Right. Exorcism case, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and isn't uh, Michael C. Hall's ex-wife, uh, Emily Rose? Uh, yes. I cannot think of her name. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Carpenter. Yeah. Nicely done. <laughs> Jennifer Carpenter is Emily Rose. You're correct. Um, yeah, I mean, I would consider it more of a supernatural or, you know, a, a demon demonology sort of horror film than I would a drama. Okay. But I do think it's because of we are so invested in Emily as a person, right? Because isn't... I've never seen the movie. And her decline, uh, you know. Right. That's sort of a drama. I've I've never seen the movie, but doesn't it play out more like a... uh, like a courtroom case? Like, yeah. Because the majority of the movie takes place it, in a trial. And you know what? That does make more sense that it would be considered a drama because it is a courtroom drama with horror elements because okay. um, Cause it's aren't, exorcism. Because aren't they re- retelling yeah. what happened? Yeah. Okay. When exorcisms go wrong, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I'll bring up one. Okay. Um, that I would, I would consider a drama as well would be Bug. Have you seen Bug? I have not. Oh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) It is based on the play written by Tracy Letts. Tracy Letts also wrote August Osage County and Killer Joe, if you've... uh, I have not seen... He is also in an episode of Seinfeld. (laughs) Are you ready to find out which episode of Seinfeld? (laughs) Okay. It's crazy. So I was watching Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee because I'm a nerd and I love comedy. Well, and Jerry Seinfeld is the man. Yeah. 
and he's talking to Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Right. And they were talking about the show, and they're like, you know, Tracy Letts was, because they were, I don't, I guess August Osage County had come out or something, or Lovers or whatever movie he was in at the time. Uh-huh. And they're like, you know, he was in an episode. And he goes, really? Because he is a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright <laughs> at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And, and then he wasn't. So he goes, wait a minute. What episode? And like, do you remember uh, the episode where um, I am, or, you know, Julia, she's uh-huh. like, when um, when I go into H&H Bagels and they steam it because Kramer is, you know, boycotting it and, you know, going on strike or whatever. Uh-huh. And I bet on a horse. He is one of the guys that I make the bet with and he just stops and they're, they're walking. Right. And he just stops and he goes, no, that was Tracy Letts. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, he had no idea. Right? I mean, it just blew his mind. Right. And anyway, so this movie is about the psychological decline of one person because okay. of another. Okay. Okay. So we have Ashley Judd, mm-hmm. um, related to Winona Judd, by the way. Um, <laughs> Ashley Judd uh, is this sort of hick. Um, I, oh, is she a bartender? Oh, I don't remember. Um, and, you know, she's sort of backwoods, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Uh, dealing with her ex-husband, who is played by Harry Connick Jr. Oh, okay. Um, and she meets this guy. And this guy, he seems kind of cool. He seems nice, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he's nice to her. They strike up a relationship. Um, he is played by Michael Shannon, uh, oh, who I love so much. I love Michael Shannon. And he actually played this character on the stage production as well. Okay. Um, and... He starts saying like th- weird things, like like after after a night of lovemaking, he is he's looking at the bed, and he's he keeps doing this. He I'm sorry, I'm flicking things, right? <laughs> he keeps flicking things and and you know peeking at his skin and looking on the bed. And she goes, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Ah, bugs. There's bugs all over. The government puts them in you, you know." And he and he starts on this on this tirade of the government and, and what they're doing to us and they're putting bugs in our skin and they're and they're putting bugs in our houses and then they're on our beds and she goes, I don't see it. What are you talking about? And he goes, it's right here. Don't you see it? And if someone is so convincing that they see it, you will too. I promise. All right. Okay. And especially if you spend a lot of time together with them. Okay. And so we, throughout the course of the movie, watch them slowly, fastly, go insane. Okay, there is a scene where uh, Michael Shannon keeps picking at his teeth, right? Uh He ends up getting pliers and yanking his tooth out. God. Right? Because there's bugs in his teeth, right? Uh And (laughs) near the end of the movie, they line wall to ceiling to floor the entire house in tinfoil. Okay. Okay. They light it with these bug lights okay and so it's blue okay and their skin has been picked to shreds i mean there are sores all over them and it is it is psychological decline and it's the scariest thing you'll ever see and it is 
grounded in reality, which is what I like, uh-huh. right, in a horror movie. It's just great. I highly recommend it. Bug, it is directed by William Friedkin, who, if you know who that is, he directed The Exorcist in oh. 1973. Yeah. So, uh, and, and kind of going with psychological mm-hmm. horror, I have some some movies I wrote down. Great. Um, one of them, which I'm sure you've probably seen, because we kind of uh, we kind of off mic. We've mentioned some of the movies we wanted to talk about. You mentioned Mother. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god, my buddy Kale's gonna be so upset. We're talking. He hates this movie. And we go. Home. I I like it. I, I like the movie a lot. I'll get to Mother in a second. Okay, but I'm sure you've seen Black Swan. I, of course, I've seen Black Swan. I have not. Ooh. couldn't get into it. It is psychological decline. It's it's because it's Natalie like Portman the, is just she's just crazy. She, she's killer, man. I love Natalie Portman so much. Um, but it, but that's like the whole point of Black Swan is that she's just crazy. Yeah, well, not necessarily crazy, but she she's, doesn't start off that way. Again, it is it is stress induced psychological decline. That's all it is. Now, when is it revealed that Mila Kunis isn't actually there? Um, it's not that she isn't there. It's that these things Natalie Portman thinks she is doing with her doesn't happen. Like the... Right. No one can see what I'm doing. I'm not right. going to say what I'm doing. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's that, and it's also near the end where, a spoiler alert for Black Swan, uh, Natalie thinks she has killed Mila Kunis. She hasn't. Uh, she has stabbed herself in the stomach. It is. It's crazy. It's oh Jesus. The movie's nuts, and it does. Um, the end of the movie does this thing that I love so much is that it fades to black, but the audio stays, which is I love that. Uh-huh. Um, he does the same thing in uh, Requiem for a Dream uh, as well. Um, Darren Aronofsky, by the way, I'm sorry. Um, and it's great. It's so effective. Um, and it's it's sad too because you know you we've we've witnessed her decline right? right and we fade to black we can breathe no we can't I'm still hearing everything right and it's like oh man so you you stay with the emotion right uh-huh. it's brilliant um, I highly recommend Black Swan big time I mean I started watching it and then just I couldn't couldn't get into it. I just, I couldn't. That's very disappointing to me. I, I know. Uh, but then kind of t- touching on Mother, um, I just, I, I don't know, man. I don't consider it a horror movie. Neither do I. I consider it more of a political. Uh, it's more of a. Because it's supposed to represent the abuse that humans cause to, mo- to Earth. Right. Mother Earth. Right. Hence and Mother. I mean, we could do a whole episode on just the, the allegory. Right. And the, the references to biblical text and things like that. Yeah. Um, I remember when I figured it out, um, I was watching, I saw it with my dad and my buddy Kale. They hate this movie, by the way. Yeah, because um, uh, don't they chop up a baby? They do. That's not why they hate it. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, they're okay with that. Um, <laughs> they, they just didn't get it. No, well, not really get it. No, but. I wouldn't say they didn't get it. They get it. Uh-huh. Uh, they just didn't. They just didn't like that it was just so out there, absurd, nuts, crazy. Okay. You know, I mean, they don't – they're not into that. They don't like gotcha. it. Gotcha. And I get – that's fine. I love – I, I love movies that completely go off the rails. You got Kristen Wiig in there too. Yeah. Who does just shooting she people? She does, yeah. Um, I, and I looked and I was – you know, and I remember when I figured out that this is a religious allegory is when Ed Harris – 
um, and Michelle Pfeiffer uh-huh. are there, right? Um, because yeah, he's called him. Yeah, it's no, no, no. They, they don't, they don't have names. Um, no, he's called Man. Yeah, that's right. There's Man, Woman, and then Jennifer Lawrence's mother, Javier Bardem, is him. Yeah, with capital H. Yeah, so he's God. Yeah, uh, he is meant to represent God. That is correct. Um, and the their sons show up, and they get in a huge fight. Okay. And that's supposed to be Cain and, and Abel. And one of them kills the other one. And I'm like, it's Cain and Abel. I almost shout it. <laughs> like, don't, it's Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. Which means she's Mother Earth and he's God. Ah, this is great. And and I just, I love it. It's a little heavy handed, right? Uh-huh. I'm not a genius. I figured it out pretty easily, right? But I, but I liked that he was, he showed it represented it in this way instead of just giving us you know a biblical movie he gave us this instead well and he already did give us a biblical biblical movie in noah no well like two I, years before I have, I have my thoughts of noah yeah i well, like the idea it it was well executed but yeah it was all right um but anyway going horror back movies. to psychological horror yeah um one that i found that i don't consider and I have a feeling you haven't seen. Let's find which out. Which I would love if you hadn't. Yeah, because that would just make you so happy with it. <laughs> uh, Silent Hill. I have not seen. You're right. I have Thank not seen Silent God. Hill. <laughs> um, I have okay. not seen Silent Hill. You are correct. I don't consider this a psychological horror at all. Okay. Um, I do consider it a horror movie because okay. it's freaky. Um, so Silent Hill is actually based on video games. Yeah. No wonder um, I didn't see it. Well, but they're horror video games too. Okay. I figured. So, um, never played a single Silent Hill game. I almost did when, uh, I'm going to go really nerdy here and you, I'm going to throw some names that you don't know. Oh, um, I'll be happy. So, well, you'll, you'll know one name. Okay. Um, so Guillermo del Toro. I love Guillermo del Toro. And a game developer, uh, named Hideo Kojima. Okay. Partnered together to create a new Silent Hill game. Mm-hmm. It was going to be called Silent Hills. I was going to have Norman Reedus in it. I love Norman Reedus. Uh, like, I'm talking like full mocap, full facial. He yeah. was going to be in the game. Yeah. Uh, well, they released a demo of it called PT. I don't know what PT means. Uh, never got to play it. Mm-hmm. They released it for free. And from what everyone said, it was horrifying. Yeah. Like, it was so good. It was so scary. Because Silent Hill had a reputation of being a very good horror-based game. Yeah. Until, like, all the sequels, from what I understand, ruined it. Um, but this one was the real deal, I, I'm yes. guessing, yeah. And, but then Hideo Kojima, he had a partnership with a game company called Konami. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Konami was like, I'm sure you've heard of the game Metal Gear Solid. I have heard of that. That yeah. was Hideo Kojima's oh, okay. brainchild. Like, gotcha. he, that was his thing. Gotcha. And Konami was like, well, we don't want you focusing on that. We want more Metal Gear. Yeah. And he was like, well, that's not my focus right now. My focus is Silent Hills. And they pretty much said, okay, look, your contract says two more Metal Gear games, make them, and after this, we're done. And so they pretty much shelved Silent Hills. He made his final two Metal Gear games. Yeah. And he was done. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so so the movie was made in 2000 and... Ooh, six, seven. I'm upset you didn't write it down. It is six, by the way, I think. Um, 
has Sean Bean in it. Sean Bean. He does not die. All right. If anyone doesn't know who Sean Bean is, he good dies. For, good for Sean Bean. He's a... He always dies. I'm about to ruin this for everyone, but I don't care. You should have caught up. And I'm one to talk. It is 2006, by the way. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, he Sean Bean typically dies. He's Ned Stark. He dies in Game of Thrones. Wow. Spoiler for season one of Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, but so Silent Hill... To me, is more of a supernatural uh, horror movie mm-hmm. because it's based in a fictional town, Silent Hill, mm-hmm. um, where the townspeople uh, burned a little girl at the stake because they she thought they thought she was a witch, oh. um, but coincidentally creating the witch. The little girl does not rest, and so she places a curse onto the town. Oh no! Where at nightfall, uh, the town would be overrun with just monsters and just all kinds of shit. Um, the but the flip side to this curse, if you came to Silent Hill and you crossed into the fog. Uh, you essentially were trapped there. Oh. Um, you would never leave. Unless, and this is what I just gathered, I've only seen this movie once, uh, unless you died there. Okay. If you died there, then I think you're allowed to leave. Like, if you're an external person. Like, so, like, the, so, the whole movie focuses on this little girl and her mom. And they get in a car crash and die. You don't know this till the end of the movie. Oh, jeez. Because they leave and go home. Uh-huh. But they can't interact with Sean Bean. Oh, right. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, I do not consider, like I said, don't consider it psychological because of everything that goes on around it. Uh-huh. I would say it's more of a, like I said, a paranormal well, a supernatural mystery horror mm-hmm. because there is a lot of the movie that you don't know what's happening. Right. Like you like you don't know like okay, you know that this witch was burned at the stake. Yeah. The church is the good guys. Mm-hmm. But then it's revealed that the church is the one that burned this little girl at the stake. Gotcha. Anyway, it's they tried to redo it with uh, Silent Hill Revelation in like 2014. Okay. With uh, also Game of Thrones, Kit Harrington. Oh, Kit Harrington. Uh, that was his first movie. Wow, look at that. Uh, and when he hosted Saturday Night Live and mentioned that, no one clapped. And he was like, <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> um, but uh, another movie on my psychological horror list, and I know you're going to want to talk about it. The Shining. Yep. Um, Absolutely. I, you're going to hate me. Haven't seen it. It's okay. I have seen enough and I know enough to know that Stephen King does not like the nope. Jack Nicholson he does not. version. The Stanley, well, mainly Stanley, Stanley Kubrick version. He does not. <laughs> um, but I also know that it holds the world record of takes in a given movie. Yeah. Uh, 127 times, if I'm not mistaken. Jeez. Yeah, he and is. And it's the Here's Johnny scene, correct? Uh, I, that I don't remember, mm-hmm. but yeah, he was, Stanley Kubrick's ruthless when it comes to takes. I mean. Now, something I really want to get your opinion on, because since it's considered psychological horror. Yeah. Um, 
do you believe that Jack is really going crazy or do you believe that there are supernatural elements at play? So like in our very first episode, I mentioned a YouTube channel called Aliens Guide. Right. Yeah. They did a whole episode on The Shining. Uh And that's one of the things that they bring up (laughs) because, you know, they don't see anyone else in the hotel until Jack goes to the bar. Mm -hmm. And he mentions how he'd sell his soul for something to drink. Yeah. And then boom, there's the bartender. Yeah. So they believe that maybe he indirectly sold his soul. Uh-huh. But at the same time, they mentioned that the hotel, the Overlook Hotel, uh, is built on an Indian burial ground. Yeah. Going back to um, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't write that one down either. Eh, I've seen it. It's got a coach <laughs> in it. Who cares? All right. <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah. Okay. So the fact that... You could go either way on it uh-huh. is great. That that means it's a good movie, right? Right. Um, it works both ways. That Jack, that either it's either that you believe nuts. Jack is going completely crazy, yeah, or that or that something's going on. Yeah, right. um, there are supernatural elements in the hotel. Either way, it works, right? Right. Um, I like to believe that it is supernatural elements in the house. Okay. Uh, in the hotel, sorry. Um, in the now. It's a psychological horror movie, but only Kubrick's version, not the remake. I wouldn't consider the remake being a psychological horror movie. Right. Um, the remake I I love. Uh, came out in 97, mm-hmm. uh, 17 years after the first one. Uh, and Stephen King wrote the screenplay himself, and he had his friend Mick Garris direct it because uh, he had done The Stand for him uh, three years earlier. And... Um, Oh man. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's stick with Kubrick's. Okay. Okay. There is an entire documentary out there called Room Two Thirty Seven, mm. where we don't see anyone. There's no talking heads, but it is all you know. Um, what's the word? Um, uh, narrated. Narrated. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's all narration. Um, it's uh, yeah. It's all voice recordings of people giving their interpretations of certain scenes, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very overwhelming. Uh, People have read a lot into this movie. Okay. okay? A lot. We're talking everything from Danny's Apollo 11 sweater uh, to, oh, that's proof that Kubrick faked the moon landing. And (laughs) Did you you know there's a whole movie about that called uh, Moon... Moonwalkers, I think. I have not seen that. Um, where it's like, what if Stanley Kubrick oh, <laughs> was very, hired to fake the moon landing? That's very silly. Uh, it's good. It's got Ron Perlman in it. Oh, I love Ron Perlman. Uh, All right, I'll see anyway, um, but Kubrick's version allows for interpretation. Okay. I mean, it's his film style, mm-hmm. um, and you know, like I said, this one's a psychological one. The the miniseries, The Shining, is not okay. because they're different styles. Um, in in King's in King's version, mm-hmm. it is it is for sure there are supernatural elements going on, right? Right. And you can even say that even in the other one there is because um, there at least has to be one element because Danny has to be able, you know, his his shine. Right. He has to be able to talk to Dick Halloran, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Right. Um, But 
whether or not Jack is is also seeing these things as well, or if he is just internalizing these things and mm-hmm. going nuts as he's is experiencing cabin fever. Um, that's up. That's up to you, I guess. Um, well, and and the Overlook Hotel is based on the Stanley Hotel, which I have stayed in twice. Are you shitting? It is the best. I went with Dad when I graduated from high school. I went with Mom when I graduated from college. Um, and Kale went with us too when we went the second time. So okay, is the room two seventeen? Like, do they at this hotel? Do they have it? Ordered off. No, no, no. You can get it is probably the longest wait um for a room. Um, really? It's 217 for sure. Um Why? there are lots of stories about um if you've seen Dumb and Dumber, um it is Aspen. Um that's where they're actually staying at the Stanley Hotel. Oh um, okay. In in Estes Park, Colorado. So it's not Aspen. Okay. Um in Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to ruin Dumb and Dumber for you. Um, <laughs> but so when Jim Carrey stayed in that room, that's the room he stayed in. And he hated it. I mean, he was miserable because he was so terrified because there were, he said he heard things, things moved around. Um, and well, I, well, and I read yeah. um, an article about when Stephen King and his wife stayed in there. And yeah. Stephen King said he was having a lot of, like, very, like, evil dreams. And that's kind of what gave him the... It's what gave him the setting. Yes. So he had had the basic bare-bones idea when he wrote Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, his son... <laughs> I forgot which son. It's not Joe. I think it's Owen. Um, I think was drawing all over the manuscript or something. Uh-huh. And he was, I mean, furious, right? And he thought, he, he's, I'm so mad I could kill him, you know? What would that be like if I if I was so mad I could kill my son, you know? And then right. he was like, okay, but where would I put it? And then <laughs> on vacation with his wife, at that time, the hotel actually did close for winter, okay? And they were the last occupants to stay that, that season. Okay. So there were no, there was no one there. It was just them. It was them two. And he goes, here, I would do it here. <laughs> if I had to stay all winter long and this stuff's going on in my room, you know, yeah. it would be here for mm-hmm. sure. No, no question. And, um, yeah. And that's the genesis of The Shining. So, and I know we were kind of focusing more on the movie, but who would, what, what version would you say is the most, Kings. I would say... <laughs> King's, huh? King's version is closer to the book, hands down. Okay, well then uh, I'll go with my original question. Okay, which one do you think is more superior, as far as storytelling? Storytelling would be the remake. Okay, horror would be the original. Okay, I would say I, it's a very effective horror movie, no question. Now this is kind of a sidebar, but the reason why Stephen King hated this version was because it just it didn't stick to the because it's incredibly different. Because yeah, it did it's stick to the book. Different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it kept names, places, and locations. But um, the entire story itself. I mean, it, it kept some. I mean, it's... I would say it's... 50, I'd say it's 50-50. Okay. Um, because, I mean, and it's little changes, but enough to make you mad. If you right. really love the book, I mean, it's... Instead of hedge animals, it's a, it's a maze. Right. right? That's That's... That's irrelevant. Why did he change that for? Who cares, right? Right. And, well, number one, you'd have to make a move 
So, yeah. Um, so 17 years later, you could make a move with CGI. So that's what they did. Um, but you know, it's, and it's just little things like that. You right. know, it's, Oh, let's see what else is different. There's a lot that's different. Well, and I want to talk about the final shot of the film where it, where it zooms in and Jack is in the, yeah, the picture. In the 1930s picture or something, right? So would you would you say that is kind of proof that there was some supernatural elements going on? And now that they like they can't because Jack dies at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. right? He freezes to death, right? He does freeze to death, yeah. Yeah, because doesn't he chase Danny into the maze. Into the, yeah, into the maze with the axe, yeah. And he gets lost, but Danny is able to make it out. Yeah. And Danny and, um, I don't know the actress's name, I just know that she's a... Uh, Shelley Duvall. Yes. Uh, I was going to say she was a... Uh, Poor uh, Shelley Duvall. Oh, shit, what was her... Fuck. Wendy? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, uh, fuck. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Popeye's girlfriend. <laughs> Robin Williams? Uh, oh, uh, Olive Oil. Olive oil, yes, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, because uh, because doesn't when Danny gets out of the maze, she's there and they just bail. Here's the main difference, and this is what Stephen King likes to say. Um, he goes, "Listen, here's all you need to know: is that in Kubrick's version, the hotel freezes; in mine, it burns. So that's the difference. That's the main difference. Okay. Um, the boiler explodes, and the hotel burns in the book." Okay. Um, in Kubrick's version, it freezes. I mean, that's just that's the difference. But I mean, there's lots of little ones. Like instead of an axe, it's a croquet mallet. In uh, <laughs> in the movie, okay. I mean, in the book, it's a croquet mallet, right? Okay. Uh, it's Denver croquet. It's a it's a big version of of uh, regular of croquet. croquet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and yeah, when you said poor Shelley Duvall, because poor Shelley Duvall isn't. But didn't Stanley Kubrick pretty much like mentally berate her for sure? I like, mean, she, I mean, I'm sure had lots of psychological damage from being on that movie. Because didn't he really want, I don't know the wife's name, but didn't he want that character to pretty much be Wendy. broken the entire movie? Yeah, and that's another difference, too, is that Jack in Kubrick's goes in crazy. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a slow burn, right? He's not supposed to be crazy right off the bat, you know? Because, yeah, because why... Why were they going to the hotel for the season? Uh, he's going to be the caretaker of the hotel. Um, Why? Because the hotel is closed for the winter. They need someone to make sure everything's okay. Uh, and when, isn't he a writer to dealing is, with writing a, alcoholism? Uh, yeah, he is an alcoholic. Um, and he's been sober. Not even. I mean, it's been it's been months, but I mean, uh-huh. it hasn't been a year yet or anything. Um, and he is in the hotel to make sure to do repairs number one mm. to make sure the place doesn't burn down or get or collapse or whatever or freeze over or freeze dumb or freeze <laughs> um, and unlike the last one you know how about you you know unlike the last caretaker hopefully you won't kill yourself <laughs> you know what I mean it's pretty much what it is because um, you know he's there for six months uh-huh. You know, and so that's the idea of why they're going there. Because again, okay. at the time, uh, the the Stanley Hotel was only open during the during spring and summer. Okay. During fall and winter, it was closed because the the snow was too bad. Oh, okay, makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I kind of feel like that wraps up our psychological horror. That wraps that up. I let's let's talk about. Um, 
horror films that I love very much, and my dad does as well, okay. is serial killer movies. Okay. Um, and these, I'm going to choose ones that are grounded in reality. Okay. Okay. So let's bring up one that you haven't seen. Okay. It's on Amazon Prime as of the time of this recording. Okay. It's in German. It's called Angst. Or oh, yeah, Angst, definitely, uh, definitely A- haven't seen that. A-N-G-S-T. It means fear in okay. German. Um, it is based on an actual serial killer in Germany. Okay. And it is exhausting. Okay. <laughs> so, and it's so brilliantly done. I love it so much. It's the only thing the guy's ever done, by the way, the director. Okay. Um, and it's sad because it's really good. It's really effective. So... You've never been so tired watching someone kill someone. Uh, so this guy, he breaks into this house. He just gets out of jail, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes... What's the first thing you do? Oh, he's going to go kill someone, right? He's been itching to forever. <laughs> and and he finds the right house, right? It's secluded. Right. Um, it's open, right? I think I think he breaks the window or whatever to get in. But um, as soon as he's in, uh, he's walking around. He doesn't really seem to find anyone. But then he finds this guy in a wheelchair, okay? Okay. And he's he has some mental difficulties, uh, this guy in the wheelchair, and um, he kills him. But he's upset because he killed him too fast, right? Ah, don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> and he and then other people show up, his family members show up, right? Okay. And so this time he's gonna do it right this time, right? And so now he's he's toying with them a little bit, but he's he's really just trying to murder these people, right? And oh my god, it's so exhausting. So he kills these people and he's now having to move their bodies. Uh-huh. Again, you've never been so tired. So you're watching him move in real time move these bodies and you realize bodies are heavy you know in other movies they don't really show you how heavy they are but in this one he is just struggling so hard and even when he was killing them it was hard right because Uh it's not as easy as other people make it look and he is (laughs) i mean and it's it's struggle city the entire the entire movie okay and you're exhausted Mm -hmm. uh, watching this movie because you are watching him just you know, carry these heavy bodies, putting them in different places, putting them downstairs, uh, taking them to a different room. It's exhausting. Anyway, Angst, you gotta see it. Okay. I'm pretty sure I butchered the pronunciation. <laughs> but anyway, all right, let's move on. So, Angst, fantastic. I love it so much. Okay. Um, part of it's kind of part of this um, in Germany, this sort of very low budget um, horror film sort of wave from the late. Uh, late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Um, there's Shram, Inside the Mind of a Serial Killer. There's um, King of Death. Uh, and these are, uh, they're nuts. All right. These, okay. these films are insane. Anyway, this kind of starts it off with, um, anyway. Okay. Um, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Um, you guys like Walking Dead? Well, cool, because Merle's in this one. So, uh, uh, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. That is correct. Michael. Love, love that guy. Michael Rooker plays Henry. Okay. Um, and it is just that he is a serial killer, right? Okay. And he runs, and I think it's a cellmate of his, um, a former cellmate, Otis. Um, Otis is what makes the movie so terrifying. Okay, because okay. uh, we you get Michael Rooker's a serial killer, right? You know, mm-hmm. and you get it, and you're fine with it, right? Because he's kind of cold and calculated, and he enjoys it, 
but I mean, it's it's almost just like he kind of has to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Otis is is impulsive. He loves it, and you can tell, mm-hmm. and it's so disturbing to watch him. So okay. when Henry gets Otis to commit some murders with him, um, you're watching this murder take place. Okay, they're at this house, and they're tormenting this woman. Okay. okay? And, and Otis is wanting to rape her, right? I mean, okay. it's crazy. I mean, and we're watching this in real time. It's kind of like the scene in Clockwork Orange. So, oh yeah, yeah. So, except no singing this time, and they're singing in the rain. No singing in the rain this time, and and you hear Henry tell him no, because no, Otis, stop it. <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. Otis is getting really carried away, right? He goes, "That's not what we're doing." You right. know, and the camera pushes back. And we're watching a recording, okay? They have recorded this murder, okay? And now we're we're panning away, and now we're looking at Henry and Otis watching it on the couch. Okay. And and Otis picks up the remote, and he rewinds it. And Henry's like, what are you doing? And Otis is like, I want to watch it again. It's so terrifying, right? He uh-huh. is so excited. And and he just loves it. And it's and Otis is what makes the movie so scary. It's not Henry, right? Okay. Um, I highly recommend it. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Mm-hmm. It came out in '88. Um, Michael Rooker's great, and whoever plays Henry or whoever plays Otis is fantastic. It's very effective. Okay. Um, I recommend that one. You ready? Next. Okay. All right. This may be my favorite out of all of them. It's definitely the one I've seen the most. Okay. It is Funny Games. Oh, yeah, we talked about we this. Did. In, uh, uh, our, I am uh, getting the Criterion Collection coming in on Tuesday for the original 97 version. Very excited. Okay. So, Michael Haneke, um, he made this movie in 97. Okay. Funny Games. Okay. It's mm. about these two kids coming to this family's house in their vacation home and torment them for 12 hours. Okay. And isn't it they have to stay alive? Yeah, or, or like ends, we bet that kind of ends up being sort of the deal. Um, okay, they torment them before that. By the way, he goes, "I bet by eight o'clock tomorrow morning you will be dead, and you're gonna bet you're not." Ready, go. Right, it's okay. kind of how it is, and um, it's very it's very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. especially when they when they meet. So when the family's coming in, they see. Off in the distance, they're friends, right? Mm-hmm. But someone's with them, and they're not quite sure what's going on, right? But someone's with them. They're, they're, there's this kid, he's wearing all white, right? He's wearing a white long sleeve shirt, white gloves, white shorts, and white shoes, right? right? Maybe he works somewhere, and they're just helping him out, whatever, doesn't matter. And and they seem really nervous, they're friends, right? They mm-hmm. not seem like they're peppy selves. They're not really excited to see them. They're, they're really nervous. Right. And... He introduces the kid um, as a, a friend of one of his business partners, okay? okay, or a son of one of his business partners. And they're like, "Okay, well, we're we gonna play golf tomorrow." And and he kind of looks at the kid and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, we'll be there tomorrow, no problem." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Do you guys want to come over and have a dinner with us?" And he looks at the kid again. And he goes, "No, no, tonight's not gonna do very well. Well, you know, we'll see you tomorrow." Okay. Okay. Great. So, 
Family's getting settled into their house. They go to the house, they're getting settled in. They're bringing in the groceries. They're going to launch the boat into the water. And the dog's barking. And this kid shows up. And I know you. You're the kid from earlier, right? Right. And he asks for some eggs. And this, oh man, is a very tense scene. Okay. Uh-huh. He's asking for eggs for their friends, right? Yes. They're like, oh, um, they would like some eggs. For, uh, you know, do you have any? Yes, I have some eggs. Here's some eggs. He drops the eggs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Please, can I have some more eggs? Right. Right. Was, okay, great. Here's some more eggs. Please be careful this time. I don't have a lot of eggs left. Okay. Right. Great. Their dog jumps on them and he drops the eggs. Right. Now they get in a little bit of an argument because now he wants the eggs. Right. Right. And then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> all right. He ends up, the husband comes in and be like, what the hell is going on? Right. right? Something about eggs, something about our dog, whatever. Takes a golf club, compound fractures the dad's leg. Okay. Jesus. And now we're off. And so now the movie really starts, and it is, in my opinion, one of the best horror films of all time. Right. Is Funny Games. No question. All right. Um, I won't ruin it for you. I want you to see it. Well, I kind yeah. I know how. We, oh, do you? We Have talked you about the the well, we talked about the remake. Yeah, but I'm assuming. Well, this... they changed certain things in the remake. Nope. No, no. So what Michael Haneke wanted to accomplish was showing you how horrible violence is on television by showing you horrible violence on television or in movies, right? Right. Um, so, I mean, yes, it's sort of a statement, but not really. Like we talked about earlier with the political ideologies in their films, this uh-huh. was one of them. And, you know, yeah, I guess I get it, but really you're kind of, you know, drinking from that poison fountain that you're talking, that you're telling people not to drink from because mm-hmm. you're doing it, right? But right. anyway, doesn't matter, I love it. So um, what he did was he decided, well, American audiences didn't really see it because it's in Sherman. So let's go ahead and do it again. And so they did. They got Tim Roth. Right. Yeah. Which we talked about. And Naomi Watts. Mm -hmm. And they got um, uh, Michael. Oh, uh, Michael Pitt. Yeah. Who I've heard is incredibly difficult to work with. Yeah. And the guy and the other guy, um, the other kid with him is the he just directed Vox Lux with um Natalie Portman and Jude Law. Anyway. Uh I don't know his name. I forgot. Completely forgot. Um Bradley Cobert. There you go. Cobert? Sure. Sure. So yes. So he's the other kid. So okay. it is a shot for shot exactly the same. Okay, mm-hmm. we're talking even the blocking of the actors, even the position they were standing in is exactly the same. Okay, they had the blueprints from the original house, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this last time. Anyway, or one of the times well, we've done this, I don't think we went into such detail about um, it. And and they built the set exactly like the house from the original. Mm-hmm. And these are ten years apart, by the way. Yes. Um, and it's. Again, it's the same movie, exactly, right? It's mm-hmm. exactly the same movie. Um, so if you've seen one, you've seen both. Right. But it uh, to me, it didn't really translate to what Michael wanted, which was, oh, this is so bad, I'm not going to watch it anymore, right? Right. I was so enthralled. Yeah, because I remember you mentioning he wanted you to walk out of the theater. He wanted me to walk out. That's what he wanted. He goes, if you walked out, you got it. 
you understood what I wanted. Mm. Ah. I, I am I am the defiant person who was like, I love this. Can you do it again? This is fantastic. Um, I mean, and it it breaks rules. Um, like we mentioned with the uh, the remote, the, he rewinds. He rewinds everything. Right. And it's like that's not how the game is played. That, no, that's not how we do it. You know, it breaks the rules. Bad guy wins. I'm all in. And it doesn't. They because. I read how how the remake ends, but don't they pretty much go and find uh, a new victim? They do, and it, and we are introduced to them in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we flip flop situations. Okay, so okay. when we when we meet this new family, um, our family has already been infiltrated by these guys. So our Tim Roth and Naomi Watts. So Naomi Watts is now having to have the same interaction they had in the beginning with that other family. Right. Right. So now she's having to look at him, introduce him as someone who doesn't exist, and check with him for answers. Is the answer I'm giving okay? Right. Just like the other family was, right? Gotcha. It's brilliant. I highly recommend Funny Games. Um, and I'm only going to talk about one more. Maybe two. You ready? <laughs> okay. The house that Jack built. Okay. Heard of it. I've never seen it. Well, it's amazing. So <laughs> it is a Lars von Trayer. Okay. The next one I talk about will also be a Lars von Trayer. Okay. But for now, we're going to stick with this one. Um, it is a serial killer movie. Okay. Um, it is about this guy, Jack. Okay. And he is talking to someone we don't know, okay? But it's all narration, mm-hmm. right? And he's talking to this guy, and he is going to give him five examples of what his career as a serial killer was like, mm-hmm. all right? And it goes from the first incident all the way to the fifth. It is uh, structured in that way. Okay. All right? And it's absolutely brilliant. It, it, it has, in the second incident, it has the the most brilliant way to represent what OCD is like. <laughs> okay. All right. So what he does is he kills this woman. Okay. And he puts the body in in his van and he gets in his car and he's about to leave. Naturally. Right. But then he starts thinking. He goes, and then we see a hand lift up a chair leg and there's blood underneath the chair leg. And then he puts it down. All right. That's what he's thinking. He goes, there's might be blood under the chair leg. Now I have to go back and check. And then he goes and he checks. He wipes it. There was nothing there in the first place, but he wipes it anyway. Close it. Okay. I got it. He goes back in his van. He sits in his van. And then we see a hand lift up a picture hanging on the wall and there's blood underneath the picture and he puts it down. He goes, what if there's, what if there's blood or anything? And then he goes back in and he checks. He goes, okay, okay, there's nothing. Okay, okay. I got it. Okay. Then he, then he goes back in his van and he sits there. <laughs> and then we see a hand pick up a rug and there's blood underneath the rug, right? Uh-huh. And I'm telling you, this is exactly what OCD is like. That's what it feels like. Yeah. It, it is unrelenting and he has to go check. And mm-hmm. so he goes back in and he checks again and he's okay. And then he double checks the, you know, the chair <laughs> and then he double checks the, just to be sure. Right. Right. And so that, I mean, that in and of itself, I mean, you are like, get out of there. <laughs> you know? You already find yourself rooting for the serial killer, but at that point, you're like, 
Go. Go. What are you doing? Get out of there. I mean, you're on the edge of your seat. So anyway, right. um, the whole the whole movie's kind of like that. I mean, it it's very raw, you mm-hmm. know. Um, this is going to be graphic. You ready for this? Okay. He ends up, and it's in the trailer, he ends up tying the woman who he, he is wrapped in plastic. He's tied it to his van, and he drags her to his hideout. Okay. <laughs> Literally. Like, okay. She is hanging on the back of his van, and she's being dragged. Okay? Dead body, doesn't matter. You know, she's already dead. Yeah. But in full view of everyone. Okay? He gets back to his his hide, his the, the walk-in freezer. Okay? okay. And he looks, and he notices the trail of blood and teeth and nose and whatever uh-huh. um, that he has left behind on his trip. <laughs> and he's kind of, he's worried and then it starts to rain. And he looks, and it starts raining harder. And then he looks at the trail, and it's disappearing. <laughs> and it's done. He got away with it. It's over. The trail's gone. <laughs> and he takes it back to the walk-in freezer. He flips her over, unwraps the plastic, and her face is gone. <laughs> it her Half of her head is gone because it has been dragged and scraped on the, on the pavement. For uh-huh. however long he was driving, right? So I mean, Lars von Trayer is not one to skimp on detail, <laughs> okay, <laughs> on stuff like that, you know. Uh-huh. So I mean, if if it can be shown, he'll show it to you. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, the third incident is him killing kids. Oh Jesus! He, he shoots uh, these two kids, and in the rated R version, you don't see them get shot, but in the other one, you do. <laughs> in the unrated version, yeah, in the extended version, yeah. Oh Jesus! You see him get, and it's crazy. I mean, you've noticed. After you've seen that, you've never seen a kid get shot before, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it's such it's such a great movie. I highly recommend uh, the house that Jack built. Um, Lars von Trier's newest film. Okay. It hopefully won't be his last. Oh, fingers crossed. Um, the last one I want to talk about, um, which is sad because I didn't get to all these, but we'd be here for hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's one more thing I want to touch on before we wrap it all up. Yeah, but I do want to talk about. Well, now I want to decide. Do I want to talk about this one or that one? <laughs> um, I'll I'll mention as honorable mentions um, before I talk about this last one. Uh, the Devil's Rejects and The Strangers. Okay. Um, those are two movies I love. I even wrote a paper about um, the critic reception of The Devil's Rejects in college. Okay. Um, I love it. Rob Zombie. It's grounded. It's, you know, it's the sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses, which was not. It was very supernatural and sort of, you know, um, less grounded. But this one, grounded. Otis, another Otis, uh-huh. uh, cuts off a guy's face, puts it on, whatever. Um, that's nuts. Antichrist. All okay. Right. So I, I also want to talk about this movie. I've never seen it. But I know of it. You're not ready. <laughs> You're not ready because I wasn't. I was 18. Oh, God. I was um, I was in college mm-hmm. at Midland College. Go Shafts. And I was, <laughs> I was 
I was like, what do I want to watch, right? Mm. Netflix, right? And mom had gone to sleep. I was living with her still at the time because I lived across the street from the college. Right. And she was asleep. It was late. It was like 11 o'clock. It was about what time it is now. Right. And I was like, what do I want to watch? I was like, what is this? I was like, oh, I love Willem Dafoe. Let's figure this out. And so I watch it. All right. <laughs> Never have I been so terrified for my mom to get up to get a drink of water. Okay. Because uh-huh. I'm like, I don't know how to explain what I'm watching. <laughs> I, I don't have an out for this. I don't have an explanation. I'm like, I'm watching this insanity. Sorry, yeah. mom. You know, obviously I had nothing to, I'm, I'm 18, right? But still, I mean. But yeah, you don't, you don't have to explain to your mom. Like, I swear this isn't porn. Well, if she had walked in two minutes into the movie, I would have I wouldn't have a comeback because it was. Uh, we do see explicit in full penetration. Really? Yeah, slow motion. Um, uh, with Willem Dafoe and Charlotte, her last name. Um, and, well, and I read weren't they like body doubles? Pretty much. Oh yeah, for I mean that. yeah yeah for that, but I mean still. Yeah. Still, it's being shown to me uh, in a movie, like a movie movie, you know? Yeah. And first off, I mean, that's two minutes in. Less. It's less than two minutes into the movie. And I'm like, what is this? You know? Uh-huh. First off, I'm on board. Because this movie is going to show me anything, right? Okay. And it uh, that scene ends up with their son um, – doing a full Eric Clapton son and falling out the window and dying. Okay. Is that rude? Uh, anyway, that's how Eric Clapton's son died, by the way. Um, so he does, he, he, he climbs that he gets out of his crib and then climbs up on the windowsill and falls out. Okay. okay? And dies. And so now we are dealing with the grief of this, mm. right? Right. And stuff, it's crazy. So the coolest thing in the movie, in my opinion, is um, number one, there are no names, right? Willem Dafoe and Charlotte, they don't have names. Okay. They are they are he and she. And anyone else in the movie, their faces are blurred. Really? Yeah. Okay. So we do see the funeral procession as they are following the, the hearse. They're walking behind it. Mm-hmm. And everyone else's faces is blurred. Okay, we just see Willem and Charlotte. Okay. Okay. And as her grief gets worse and her, you know, her depression gets worse, mm-hmm. um, he decides to take her to the cabin in the woods, right? They right. have a cabin. They're going to go and she's, we're going to make her better. He just so happens to be a psychiatrist. In any other movie, that would be lazy, but not this time. Okay. For some reason, I don't think that's lazy. Okay. Um. So the whole movie is him trying to get her out of this, right? Making her at least a little better. I mean, you can grieve, but Jesus Christ, right? Right. Um, <laughs> over the loss of a child. Jesus Christ. He wasn't even that old. He didn't even know him for that long. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and we see her decline. Mm-hmm. I would call it a decline, but really it's a ramp up of her psychosis. Okay. Her grief her depression, and she goes nuts, right? Okay. Man, you're not ready for the visuals, bro. <laughs> it's... So uh, what you're saying is I'm not ready for this word picture? No, you're not. So she... And this isn't so bad. She ends up... Um, 
Whew. Okay, hang on. I'm, I'm going to leave some stuff out because I want you to see it. <laughs> and I want you to be shocked by some of the stuff. Well, I know they have sex in front of a tree at they one do. point. That's, oh, my God. Dude, that's nothing. That's nothing compared to the stuff that happens at the end. All right. Um, so she ends up putting a weight, attaching a weight to his ankle. Okay. Okay. By cutting a hole in his ankle. Good God. And it's a weight with with a metal rod with um, with frets. So or frets, not frets. Um, it's meant to have things screwed onto it. Okay. Um, and so she puts the the metal rod through his ankle and then puts a and screws a nut on the other end. Um, no one can see the face I'm making. I know it's not a great face. I'll tell you that. Uh, it's a scared face. <laughs> it's a disgusted face. So so now he has trouble walking. Because he has a weight attached to his ankle. Right? Right. So whatever. So she does that. That's no big deal. That's not the craziest thing she does. <laughs> All right. Mom, uh-huh. I apologize if you are listening to this because this is about to get nuts. All right. Um, in her psychotic breakdown, uh-huh. she takes a pair of scissors. Oh, God. Okay. Here we go. You right? Mind you, I was curled up in a little ball in this scene, okay? Okay. I have only done it two more times since then, okay? <laughs> One of them was also a Lars von Trayer movie. Um, she <sighs> takes off her pants. Oh, no. And she cuts off her clitoris. Oh, my God. Oh, but don't worry. We don't see it. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> Squirts blood like a fountain. Uh, I was in a little ball. Okay. Okay. I mean, I was like, what is this movie? Right? Uh-huh. It's terrifying. All right. Okay. To this day, he says he didn't succeed in making a horror movie. He says, Are you serious? Yeah. He's like, I tried to make a horror movie and I didn't do it. That wasn't it. That wasn't good enough. That wasn't good enough? Not to him. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It, uh, however, um, it did kick off his trilogy of depression. Um, yeah, I read something about that. Yeah. Um, it goes Nymphomaniac. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, Nymphomaniac's last. So it goes Antichrist, Melancholia, and Nymphomaniac. Um, Nymphomaniac was the other one I called up in a ball in. <laughs> she gives herself an abortion. Anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Um, whew, that was nuts. So anyway, Antichrist. Do I recommend it? Yes, <laughs> I do. Because it's insane. So would you say that this horror movie, kind of like what we've been talking about earlier, um, it really crosses these other sub-genres of horror? Yeah, because it was actually in, um, at least I consider it to be a psychological or a drama. I consider it to be a horror drama as okay. well. As um, It's also body horror, which we didn't get to talk about. But yeah, but, I, I, I wrote a couple of movies down on that and too. And Kale's not going to like, he doesn't like that phrase, body horror. Yeah, um, I didn't even know that was a thing. It is. Cronenberg. Uh, is a big um, yeah. yep for the fly. It's really just the the decomposition or um, mainly just the uh, I don't know, not decomposition. That wasn't the right word. Although sometimes, like the mutilation. deformation, deformation or mutilation of a human body. That is <clears throat> what body horror is. So the fly, the thing, Videodrome. I wrote in Evil Dead the, the remake. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, 
And I would put Antichrist in some of that just because of, oh, yeah. you know, the weight and the scissors and the, you know, whatever. Um, that's, that's, yeah. So it does cross some genres. <laughs> and he still doesn't think it's a horror movie. Oh, my God. He does. He said the same thing with Dancer in the Dark. He said he tried to make a musical and he didn't do that either. <laughs> so, and there's, it's music. So yeah. I, I think he succeeded with Dancer in the Dark, but whatever. Um. It, I also want to mention a new subgenre. I hope it's the same one that I wrote down. Is it superhero? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this new subgenre coming up with Brightburn. Brightburn and the New Mutants. Yeah, with uh, superhero horror. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brightburn. Um, from what I gather, it's a uh, it's 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 what if Superman came down, but instead of being good, he was evil. Yeah. Um, produced by James Gunn. Uh, oh, I love James Gunn. I'm iffy on it. I don't know if I want to see it yet. I'll see it. Uh, uh, the New Mutants, I want to see so bad. Yeah. Uh, great cast. It's got Maisie Williams, uh, Arya Stark from Game okay. of Thrones, uh, Charlie Heaton, who is in, uh, and I know you don't like the show. He's in Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah uh, it's got um, the chick that was in uh, Split and Glass. Oh, and uh, Anna Taylor-Joy. She was also in The Witch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the only three I recommend. Okay, that's fine. So it's going to be a, a superhero horror movie. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Which uh, that alone excited me, and it's 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 a uh, it's X Men. So, oh, okay. And it's gotcha. supposedly the it's going to be the final uh, X Men movie of the Fox. Okay. X Men. Uh, that because it was made before the merger. Oh, gotcha! But because the merger was happening, that movie kept getting pushed back and back and back. Yeah, because I, I feel like I heard about it like a year ago or yeah, something. Yeah, like we that. heard about it. I actually think two years okay. ago. Okay, yeah, I knew it was a while back. Um, but it's finally going to happen. It's finally going to get released, and I like I said, I believe it's going to be the final uh, of the X Men movies that Fox made. Gotcha. Now that Disney has their hooks in Fox, mm-hmm. you know, probably in the next. Two or three years, we'll see the X Men be completely rebooted. But uh, so the last thing I want to touch on before we before we wrap it up is this the subgenre of horror that I wrote down, which I thought was very very interesting, which then became, in my opinion, horror uh, slasher horror. Okay. Teen horror. Oh, teen horror. I didn't write that one down. I wrote um, splatter horror. I wrote that one <laughs> that down. That was too. my favorite one. Um, that was a favorite one I wrote down. But what I learned from teen horror is that it it mainly focused on themes. Of sex, underage drinking, and gore. So it's like coming of age horror. I believe so. Okay, but it was only popular popular for one year, nineteen sixty four to nineteen sixty five. Really? Um, Give me examples. I don't know because there is none. Oh, I could not find any examples. Really? Um, because I think after sixty five. A lot of slasher horror incorporated a lot of those elements. Yeah. So, you know, so like Friday Thirteenth, you know. Oh yeah. Kids go on a camping trip. Yeah. You know, they're they're going to be doing some underage drinking. They're going to be doing some sex. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of gore. Yeah. You know, uh, Kevin Bacon gets stabbed with a. Uh, yeah. It's uh, a bolt, right, from a bone arrow, or is it a? Is it a? Fireplace poker. I don't remember. I think it's a fireplace poker. Okay. But it goes, you know, through his neck. Yeah. And we see it. Um, and I just thought that was very interesting that this is a subgenre of horror that technically, from being absolutely technical, is not used anymore. 
But yeah. that's because they've taken these elements, these themes, right. and incorporated it into other horror. Right, mostly slasher. You're right. Yeah, yeah, mostly slasher. Um, I mean, some supernatural, I would say, but... Can I can I give a quick um, honorable mentions list before we wrap up? Of course. Okay, great. Um, I do want to mention Peeping Tom. I saw that. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, well, I didn't uh, say C. I saw it on the list. I didn't um, watch the movie. The Eyes of My Mother. I have never heard of um, it. Oh, man. Netflix at the time of this recording. So, okay. Uh, the Killing of a Sacred Deer. I heard that was crazy. It is nuts. It is Euros Lanthimos. Um, he did Dogtooth. Um, the lobster. Oh, what is he? The lobster. And that's not a um, And the favorite. So, um, oh, okay. I also want to mention um, Sinister, which I really like. Oh, I had that. I had that written down. Uh, Silent House, uh, which is excellent, uh, okay. with um, Elizabeth Olsen, um, oh, our okay. own Scarlet Witch, oh, yeah? is in there. Uh, Begotten. Okay. Um, Begotten is a 1990 film that you can find the entire thing on YouTube. So it is very experimental, very low budget, and very disturbing. Okay. So, um, also, some classic ones that we didn't get to talk about, which is Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, yeah. I wrote those down, too. Oh, fantastic. Um, Repulsion. Didn't write that one down. Um, it is It's a psychological decline due to loneliness. Repulsion. Oh, okay. oh it's excellent. Um, the Phantom Carriage. Okay. Uh, I believe that one's 1921. Oh, very cool Swedish, uh, okay. Swedish film, um, and let's end with both Hard Candy and Raw. So I've heard of Raw. Okay. Uh, okay, great. Before before I end it, I, I do want to I, I want to give my honorable mentions too. Just it's just a couple. Sure. Talk about all those. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Okay. Oh, that's holiday horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah holiday horror. Um, that's a Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, another holiday horror, My Bloody Valentine. If you got to mention Christmas, you got to do Black, uh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Never yeah. seen that one. Oh, okay. Uh, the Descent. Okay. Uh, made me afraid of caves. It's very claustrophobic, yeah. Yes. Um, uh, Alien. Oh, yeah. Duh. Um, <laughs> Probably the best science fiction horror film of all time. Yeah. Uh, Saw. Okay. That was a splatter horror. Yes. Uh, and uh, Apollo 18. Okay. Uh, so those are my honorable mentions. Cool. Um, well, everyone, uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us for uh, almost three hours. Jesus. I, I'm so uh, sorry. I <laughs> believe this is our longest episode to date. Um, but, you know, if you stuck around till the end, no fast forwarding. Uh, I We really appreciate for it. Sure. Um when uh, this gets posted uh, on my fa- on the Space Cadets Facebook page, uh, let me know in the comments what y'all think and maybe what's your favorite horror movie. And uh, yeah, thank you for <sighs> listening to us list horror movies for a while. Jeez, um, <laughs> I didn't know that was what it was going to end up being. But... Thirty minutes of what horror is. Yeah. Two and a half hours of let's just talk about horror movies. Let's just talk about horror movies we like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that, guys. But you know what? It's fun. I enjoyed it.